Hey, it's Target Group. Oh, he's built by the. Oh, oh no. He's building monitoring. Well, Dan and Ruth built pop culture holes in his piece of me when we missed the first time around. I didn't miss it. I. Did you miss it? I'm sure you missed it. You had to miss it. Fuck you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> fuck you. I am here under duress this week. Yeah? Fuck you for. Like, I know I've hurt you during Awful April in the past, yeah. but this feels just like, you just shivved me in the ribs with this one, you motherfucker. No, there's, this is the best option we have oh, for one of his films. Oh, this is films. the nuclear option! This no! <laughs> no! Coon's skin would have been a nuclear well, option. you're just talking Ralph Bakshi movies in general? Yeah. But just even pulling Ralph Bakshi on me, just in general, is just like, oh, you fucking... Because you knew exactly how bad it was going to be. Wait, so have you seen this before? Yeah. Oh, how? That's right. Do, do, I think we may have mentioned this at the end of last week's podcast. So you, yeah, your family has a history with Lord of the Rings, right? My dad, huge, yeah. huge Tolkien fan. He was one of those huge fans that read all the shit, even the, the Silmarillion and all that shit. Yeah. And all that shit, knew everything. He had a reel to reel that when he was probably in his twenties or thirties, he recorded the, he tape recorded himself uh, reading all the books. Did he, did he, was he around for the movies, live action movies? Yes. Okay, yeah. yes. What, Both my it? mom and my dad got to see them all. Did he like those? Yeah. Because I know those can bit. still be, like, for, like, hardcore Tolkien fans, can be a little divisive, but yeah. Yeah, he was a little sad of some of the stuff they left out. Yeah, but, I can imagine. But, yeah. Was but, he a big Tom yeah, Bombadil fan? He actually was? Yeah, okay, yeah. Because I, yeah. I know some people are, like, that, that's actually a sticking point for some people. Yeah. I know um, that character's very divisive, but... Oof. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I asked my oldest sister yesterday if she remembered what my mom and dad thought about this, and okay. she says she couldn't really remember. They took her to see it uh, in the movie theater when Ouch. when she was like seven or something. She said that. Uh, so why your sister doesn't remember my dad hating now. it, but she remembered him being disappointed with all the stuff they left out. Yeah. To be fair, Which, mm-hmm. you have to leave a lot of stuff out because. Even though this movie is like two hours and fifteen minutes long, which again, this like it feels this feels like this is the fourth thing in a row that we've talked about that's two hours and fifteen minutes long, but like considering all they 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 do squeeze a book and a half of content into this one movie, and so of course yeah. a lot of shit's gonna be left by the wayside and yeah, oh yeah. fucking um, Ralph Bakshi, so, oh fuck, so this is not. Not good. Uh, no sir. No sir. I'm sure <laughs> no, it's the sir. best Ralph Bakshi movie by default. Yes, I mean, what's second place? Cool World. I was about to say, I, I you're talking to a motherfucker who paid money to see Cool World on opening weekend because there was nothing else in the theaters that weekend, and I wanted to get out of the house. Cool, mm. and that was my first real. I mean, I knew about Ralph Bakshi before that, just because like me growing up as an animation nerd, I'd and and I'd gone to like you know animation festivals and seen like clips from like Fritz the Cat and and Coonskin and all that shit and Wizards. Fuck mm. Wizards. That's the <laughs> yeah. first thing. You and I, we that, w- our first time hanging out together, we watched Wizards at your house. And yeah. if anything, Wizards is kind of the genesis of this podcast, because that, that's what really got us hanging out and talking about stupid shit. And that was such yeah. a bonding experience, getting punched in the <laughs> fucking neck for two hours by that <laughs> shitty fucking movie. That's oh, still it's legitimately weird one of the worst Nazi imagery movies. and shit. Oh, my fucking... And Ralph Bakshi's such a fucking... Ha- I mean... I don't want to turn this episode I feel like into two I... hours of just talking shit about Ralph Bakshi personally, but oh my fucking god. All I could do, because I, I was like, I looked this up on the internet, 
and on YouTube, and I feel like you and I are like Homer when everybody's doing their southern accents, <laughs> and I feel like I'm living in a cuckoo clock, because everybody's like, fuck yeah, Ralph Bashke, awesome, he's great, yeah. super well, deluxe. Especially in this day and age, where even more than back in the 80s, when Ralph Bashke had his last real heyday, uh, pop culture now has become even more homogenized, and so I could totally see people, even though in in this more even more politically correct era... It would be easier for people to tear off Bakshi shit apart for being on PC and stuff. It's just... The dude never had any chops at all, even when he was at the height of his powers. Ralph Bakshi's always been a hack fraud. I he's, feel like he's <sighs> he's uh, one half of a team that did better stuff. Because watching all the video essays and shit on the stuff he's done, it seems like he has some decent ideas. He just isn't able to execute on them because he sucks. Yeah, I feel bad. For, I, I, I didn't even actually mean to call him a hack fraud because fraud intentions suggest that he knows that he's like fucking people over by intentionally producing bad content. I just don't think he knows any better. I think he yeah. legitimately thinks he's doing interesting stuff, even though he's like a fucking child. Just pushing people's buttons by smearing <laughs> shit by essentially writing the word farts on the wall with their own shit. That's what that's Ralph Bakshi's entire it's, creative career. It's you know that that famous image. I don't know who did it, but yeah. it's got a whole shit ton of Disney characters, and they're all doing terrible things. Like oh yeah, Mickey yeah, shooting yeah. up heroines, and Snow White's having sex with the dwarves, and it's all and it's it's oh, and everybody <laughs> when you're at a certain age and you see it, you're like, whoa, so it's so edgy. That's yeah. that's what this is Ralph Batch. And that's that's what an entire generation of underground cartoonists and animators kind of came up doing, like the baby boomer anti-establishments cartoonists and animators who they kind of got by by all they did was like oh man i'm gonna blow your mind i'm gonna draw i'm gonna draw a mickey mouse shitting into minnie mouse's mouth and that's gonna blow your mind and they were yeah. able to build an entire career off of that because that like that's all you had to do this is back when andy warhol when all andy warhol had to do to be popular is just silkscreen a bunch of fucking brillo boxes and that was enough to blow everyone's mind because everyone's fucking mind was so fucking narrow back then like it didn't take much to blow people's minds back then yeah and so he just had this career where like that's that that's that's his entire career is based off of just fucking just the most juvenile shit and even then i can excuse that but just the craftsmanship involved and the execution of his ideas has always been so sloppy and and like he and then he always turns around and blames this like any kind of faults in his work on executive meddling which, if that's yeah. true, then fucking tailor your work better so fucking executives don't have to come... Because I remember watching Cool World in the theater, and, like, towards the end of the movie, there's, like, some shots where, like, the cells aren't even aligned correctly with the backgrounds, or the animation stops, like, accidentally breaks halfway through a shot, like, where it's just basic technical errors. It's not like, oh, my mind's being blown because all these cartoon characters are having sex or, like, doing drugs. It's just, like, why? It doesn't even feel like whoever made this even cared. Like about yeah. anything, and I don't wanna, like, and I'm sure if Ralph Ralph, Ralph Bakshi's defense with that would be like, yeah, like, oh yeah, you just you just don't appreciate someone who's 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 doing this hardcore crazy stuff. I'm like, no, and oh, I I mean, also too, kind of growing up with like liquid television and stuff, and 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 other things that were kind of influenced to some to some degree by Ralph Bakshi. There's been so many people who have done Ralph Bakshi's bullshit so much better than he himself did it. So, of course, mm -hmm. like, going back to the original source and seeing Ralph Bakshi shit, it seems even that much more crude. But it's yeah, there, just I, fucking... I was, after watching some of the essays, I was like, you know, I guess 
he was a trendsetter and like and opened the door for other people to make these adult themed cartoons. But then but I thought about evolved, it. Even but more, then I yeah. slept on it and I woke up and I was like, wait a second, all those all those fucking cartoons sucked ass. Yeah, that's the, there's that's... no good adult quote unquote cartoons from this era. There's, no, I mean, yeah. they, people started doing it like like heavy metal. Aside from the music, heavy metal kind of sucks. No, I've and I know that's yeah. I know that's con- controversial and a hot take, but. Aside, if it didn't have the, the the music that's so good in heavy metal, that thing would... It's ass. I, I need to go back and even see what the music is in heavy metal, because I'm sure you could even argue the music in heavy metal ain't that great either. But yeah, yeah. that's... And th- th- this motherfucker has the audacity to call himself the most ripped-off cartoonist in history. There's like, get the fuck out of here. All you <laughs> did was just, like, push people's buttons by drawing racist, sexist bullshit. Which, mm. hey, there's some inherent value to that but like he again he never evolved beyond that there was no sense of craftsmanship and like I, he seems to be like he seems to legitimately love animation as an art form and i could totally like even like john crick felucci who is kind of like the inheritor of he's pretty much ralph bakshi 2.0 where he's all like fuck disney counterculture i just want to draw characters fucking and fighting and stuff at least he knows how to animate and like it doesn't feel like he's just fu- <laughs> It doesn't feel like borderline criminal neglect in how badly his cartoons are constructed. Like, mm. at least you're watching John Crick. I mean, he's made some terrible cartoons, too. But at least he, like, knows how to draw <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and animate. Whereas Ralph Bashy, well, this, And then Ralph Bashy went with the whole thing with his fucking rotoscoping. What the fuck is this movie? This movie... <laughs> I was sort of watching the start of this. Oh, did you... We're going to do blow, blow, blow? Did you take Oh, notes? yeah. I like ten minutes into this movie, I feel like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, where I'm just like, there is going to be animation in your animated film, isn't there? And oh, I thought you were going to say his his line. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> well, that also too, exactly. That's what that's that's my uh, that's my uh, Rotten Tomatoes pull uh, review pull quote. But mm. it's just and then seeing like reading about this this movie on Wikipedia, and there's a whole entry about. Ralph Bakshi talking shit about Peter Jackson, about how Peter Jackson ripped him off with yeah. the live-action Lord of the Rings movies. And, like, he tends to go back and waffle back and forth as to whether or not Peter Jackson ever pretended that he had ever seen his original movie before making Lord of the Rings, or that he didn't. I remember specifically mm-hmm. in the commentaries for the Lord of the Rings movies, Peter Jackson was pretty open, like, oh, yeah, no, I grew up watching the Ralph Bakshi movies, and, like, specifically, like, these couple shots are, like, an homage to that adaptation. But then, like, Ralph Bakshi seems so bitter that someone made so much money off of their adaptation of Lord of the Rings and he didn't get a cut, so he's just going to talk shit about Peter Jackson to the end of the earth. And just, the dude just seems like such a miserable son of a bitch. It's just, it's hard to enjoy any, even like this, which is probably, like, his most coherent film. It's even that much harder to enjoy just to know, just, and it's still terrible. It's just it's a, <laughs> it is, is. everything about it's, this movie, I, you know, its creator, I, every its legacy is a mess. At least it moves fast because it has no time <laughs> because, to stop for anything. Because any, but even then, that's the thing. And I saw Ralph Bakshi again. Not to keep on bringing this back to live action Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson shit. He was all like, "Fired the same money that Peter Jackson did. I could have made even a twice as better movie." No, you motherfucker couldn't. Because he doesn't have any storytelling skills. Because, again, all he knows is, is to push buttons. But he doesn't know how to tell a story. There's, like, a scene mm-hmm. in this movie, like... It's it's one of the pivotal scenes in the whole story is where... 
Gandalf finally confirms his suspicions about the One Ring by throwing in a fire at, at, at Frodo's place. And then within the book and in the Peter Jackson movie, the reason he throws it into the fire is because he plucks the, the ring back out, and then you got the the black speech script is written on the ring. In this movie, he just throws it in the fire, pulls it back out, but he doesn't do the reveal of, like, okay, the reason the fire made it, like, it just doesn't, like, for all facts, you forgot the whole point of that scene to begin with, so it's just random shit happening. Like, as a storyteller, he's completely, he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, if oh if God. you go into this movie and know nothing about That's... Lord of the Rings, you are fucked. You are absolutely Especially fucked. once they get out of Rivendell, shit just starts happening for no reason, no explanation, and just even the state, like the whole thing. Even knowing of... Lord of the Rings so well, the... I was like, what is going on? The ending, where, where it's everyone gets saved at Helm's Deep, I had to rewind it twice just to be like, did I miss something about like what's supposed to be happening here? Because it's so arbitrary. Like, yeah, that's, Ralph Bakshi's a story, no, fuck. Like, again, like if Ralph Bakshi had kept his mouth shut and just been like, okay, whatever. I wouldn't be so upset about this movie, but like watching this movie and then reading his quotes about how fucking, how much shit he talked about the live action Lord of the Rings, about how much of a better job he could have done. Just that, that really proof positive Ralph Bakshi's out of his fucking mind. Like, yeah. oh God. And yeah, I, and the funny thing, I, I've seen Ralph Bakshi has always done so much rotoscoping. I just always assumed that was his thing, and I saw that he's, he's even waffled, waffled on that where he's claimed that he was only forced to do all this uh, rotoscoping in this movie because of just budgetary concerns and the executives made him do that stuff. But then why, mm-hmm. at, at a certain point, then even why even make this a movie? Why even try to make it an animated film at that point? Yeah. And, like, I was like, well, if it's not, like... <laughs> There's so many things about this movie. And I saw other people talking about this movie about how there's almost no cell animation. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's cell animated. It's just they just traced over footage. Because they're talking, yeah. I think so, the, the people don't even understand how cartoons are made. Because, like, they, they no. see It's just, I just. Well, just... people consider reference footage to be rotoscoping. People well, are Well, that's real dumb. the thing. People don't understand the difference between rotoscoping and just working off a of reference footage versus. Well, and, that, and that's the thing that highlights that makes the rotoscoping so egregious because the rare times especially in this movie where you get actual freehand animation like his freehand ralph bakshi's freehand animation is so terrible but then like he's so clumsy with the rotoscoping too it's like the the both the worst of both worlds and you get both of those in this movie i which actually it's it's actually i guess the one real bit of freehand animation you get in this movie is the tree beard sequence yeah, and that's actually not that bad. Even though it's never explained who Treebeard is or what he's doing or why he's there, he just sh- literally just shows up for no reason. But that just uh, the, so it's actually one good bit of freehand animation that just highlights what a terrible storyteller the motherfucker. So even on every level, even when Ralph Bakshi is accidentally good at something, it just highlights how bad he is at something else. So mm-hmm. anyway, we should okay. I could go okay. on all day. This is my TED talk about like how Ralph Bakshi sucks on every possible level, but. Yeah. Oh, God. This movie starts off and I'll just right away get some real small town community theater vibe. It is right the here. Max Fisher players just like even the soundstage where they film this stuff feels so small because they can only fit like two or three people on the soundstage at the same time. And... This red background with these live-action actors walking around doing stuff. The first ten minutes of the movie is just live-action silhouettes projected against, like, like a burlap bag. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, there is an animated fish and an animated <laughs> character, unless until they come out of the water. Swimming. Yeah. Then he's not animated. And then 
It's the silhouette of Gollum is so embarrassing. I feel for the actor who was in that. He probably saw this in the theater and said, oh, they told me that was going to turn into a cartoon. I look like an asshole. This is the thing that got me confused because I'm like, okay. I, again, I can totally understand from a budgetary's perspective why so much of this is rotoscope. Or not even at a certain point. This isn't even rotoscope because it's it is just live action footage. And like you like at a certain point, like especially with this intro, they're not even tracing over. But then I'm like, if you're gonna rotoscope this much, why not every once in a while, at least if you're gonna be hand drawn tracing over some of this live action footage, why not like make things look better? And I realize, you know what, stuff for like this opening where there's not even any drawing, it really is just live action footage. I'm sure what they did was just like, cause um. There was this technique that Disney invented in... I don't know if they invented it, but I think... that Xerox... or uh, Disney worked with the Xerox company to figure out a way to... Bypass the whole inking stage of animation... Where they could take animators' rough pencils... And just Xerox them onto cells that then could be painted. And that way mm -hmm. you save a ton of money... Uh, by cut, essentially cutting out the, the, the actual inking process. And that's why like movies like... 101 Dalmatians and, and the Aristocrats look, that, that animation looks so rough because it yeah. really is it's colored pencils essentially and so I'm assuming Ralph Bakshi must have found, found a way to like just shoot live action footage and just essentially Xerox that onto animated cells so they could put like crazy backgrounds behind the stuff and so I guess if you're doing it that way because there's no actual drawing involved you can't go in and like with Gollum like <laughs> draw over the seams in his obvious because the guy in the golem costume is obviously just a dude wearing like, washing gloves like dishwashing gloves <laughs> and, and, and monster boots he's got like a ten dollar costume from rite aid that is the golem costume and yeah. like yeah so i'm assuming because they were like at some point because it's not animation yet they had no wiggle room to clean up some of the like it's like rotoscope but it's just, oh my god, anyway. And for as much time as they put into animating the faces, once you actually get to the faces and stuff, they uh. sure did a bad job. Bilbo uh. always looks like he's drunk or high or whatever. They made Sam's kind of, he's Mr. F. Oh, we'll get to Sam. Oh my god, and it's, it's, because like, they were, like, because you get to see, especially at the prancing pony scene, you kind of get to see what the stage actors kind of look like without the like mm -hmm. the rotoscoping animation on top, and you kind of see that some of the, the little people they had pretending to be the hobbits. I guess they must have been wearing at least some kind of prosthetics to kind of make them look more like their own characters. But it's just well, anyway, we'll get to there. But yeah, yeah, and also it's very obvious that Billy Barty is playing. Oh, you Bilbo. think so? I saw his thing. No, yeah, you yeah. can tell. Billy Barty has a very specific way he moves, and oh, a lot yeah. of the time, um, I think pr probably Sam, too, because a lot of the times, they'll just trace over Billy Barty's squinty eye. Yeah, And that's... he'll be making the same face. Yeah, I could totally see that. I recognized, uh, was it Angelo Rosito, who played M uh, Blaster Master from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? I yeah. recognized him! Him! I don't know if he uh, he was the body double for any of the Hobbits in the movie, but I just recognized him as an extra at the Prancing Pony. Because, again, it's just live-action footage. It's not even like they're trying to rotoscope that stuff, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Who rules Bartertown? <laughs> yep. We do. Uh... I like that the whole scene with uh, Bilbo giving the ring to Gandalf or just leaving it there for Frodo is, no, I don't want to. Do it. Okay, I'll do it. And then Bilbo just leaves the Shire. And he's Masterful storytelling. Yeah. 
And then 17 years later. Yeah. Which I definitely appreciate they kept the 17 years later thing in. Because in the live-action movie, they just make it seem like a pe- like three days pass. But yeah. <sighs> Gandalf throws the ring in the fire. Frodo grabs his head and pisses his pants like a big baby. Yeah. <clears throat> and then they take a walk. And I, this part right here. I actually like the the way the backgrounds are designed. Yeah, no, it's it's you know what actually the backgrounds throughout this film, well, when they're not just like smears of paint, because yeah. like a lot of that kind of, but like when it's actually like drawn stuff, it looks really good. Could look could could have been like an illustration from a book or something like that. It's it's like I am kind of astonished at how lazy the animation is, but how how much work was socked into the background paintings for a lot of this stuff though. Yeah. yeah. And again, and this is my last like overall thing about this movie that I'm gonna go go off about is I am. Again, because they spent so much time rotoscoping and stuff, but also there's so much live-action footage in this. At a certain point, why they could have just, like, why not just have live-action... This sounds insane, because there's probably a reason why you never see movies made like this. But why not just have the actors just be live-action against animated backgrounds? Because mm-hmm. that's what this movie practically is anyway. Why not just go for that? Because then at least you don't have to waste all this time painting over the figures, and it's not like the movie even tries to ever trick you into thinking that the that the animated figures aren't anything but just trace live action. So the one just got to, got to the source, and then you could have spent more time on the backgrounds, making them look nice, and... Uh, anyway, but... That fucking Balrog! <laughs> oh, we'll get to the <laughs> Balrog. Don't talk like, about it yet. This whole thing is just the swirl of, like, what the hell? And again, and... Yeah. I don't yeah, want to so. compare. Always keep on compa- comparing this stuff directly to the Peter Jackson movies because I at least I grew up. I had read the books, and so I have my own mm. expectations. So at least I'm not like everything I know about Lord of the Rings. It's not like I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, but at least everything I know about Lord of the Rings isn't just from the Peter Jackson stuff. But even then, oh my god! Have you seen the Rankin Bass ones? The Hobbit and the Return. Of the I King. saw the Hobbit a couple of years. Ago. I actually do want to do the Hobbit, uh, even though I've seen that, but I only saw it recently enough, and only saw it the one time. I've never seen, because it's, I kept expecting stuff that I guess must be in the Rankin-Bass Return of the King to show up in this. I've Quite not possible. seen the Return of the King, because that must be the thing where they sing when there's a whip, whether there's a way, right? Correct. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I kept on expecting that to happen in this. Mm. Oh, God, that's the other thing. The only people... <sighs> I've known so many flaky people who love this movie, too, and it's just one of those things where it just totally is, like... It's oh, a man. totally judgment on the personality. That Fucking, like, oh. I guess seven oh. months ago, Doug Walker put out a review of this. Oh, yeah? And his his whole thing on it is he has these pretentious people talking about how bad this is and how the Peter Jackson and the books what? ones are so much better because he likes it. So, of course, anybody who doesn't like this and thinks the other versions are better has to be a pretentious asshole. Oh, yeah, that, that, that bastion of, of, of quality opinions, Doug Walker. Yeah, and he's always ta- he keeps talking about how he likes this aspect better in this movie. And I'm like, you are out of your fucking I mean, mind. It does has pretty pan drawn backgrounds. There you go. <laughs> then the no pan drawn backgrounds in Lord of the Rings. But I get- so anyhow, Gandalf pulls a troll out of a bush. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's supposed to be Sam. Why does he look like a clubbed foot? He they they are obviously trying to make him look special ed. And be. this, t- the way he's like, hey, I talk like he's got two big books. Oh, hooray! And it's just, ah, blah, blah, blah. 
That would have been kind of curious if they had made the second half of this to see how they would have redeemed Sam, because, you know, Sam becomes mm. essentially the hero of the story at the end, but he's so like, ah, that's the, ah, Frodo, rah. I like the snow flowers. It's just, you know, actually, if he had sounded like Edwin, that would actually, if it was just live action, that would oh, Mr. Frodo, that would have been amazing, but no, it's just Mr. F all the way, just fucking, yeah. 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 So Gandalf has to go talk to Aramon. <clears throat> we have to. So, are we can commit to the bit where we flip back and forth throughout the entire review talking. No. It's Aramon. I had Saruman, but Aramon, the White, who is not dressed in white. So guess, when yeah. fucking Gandalf the White shows up, and that gag doesn't even work because it's supposed. Ah, oh, yeah. Again, There's basic Saruman storytelling fuckups. He's, he's wearing red with a pink beard. He's also evil. <laughs> Yeah. Get ready for that super hype wizard battle. <laughs> Sour amount of many colors makes some light float at Gandalf. This is... Then a random stagehand comes... Some random person comes up, hands Sour Man little... a staff. Literally, <laughs> it's a roadie. I think it's supposed to be Grimo Wormtongue watching mm. it now. Although you never get to see the face, but like the stature and everything like that, I think that's what... Uh, and the can some canon films, cosmic special oh effects floats behind them. And then Sour Man walks away and suddenly Gandalf's on top of a tower. I don't know. It it's, is the most... Imagine not knowing this story. And it's just, watching yeah. what just took happen. And took again, happen. with this movie... Okay, like, again, I could see it's a crutch. She used the, st the, 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 the rotoscoping. But still, the animation... You could have done some amazing, amazing things with the animation with the wizard battle, and no, fucking Aramon the Red holds up a stick, but there's a bunch of fucking zippity zappity fucking scribbles that over appear, and then it just mm -hmm. tur suddenly turns into the opening from the Shaw Brothers fucking opening intro, uh, this is our feature presentation, and that's the background is, yeah, like, the fucking Gandalf's on top of a fucking... Uh, matte painting and that's the end of that scene it's like what the yep. fuck is that and yeah, it's okay yep. yeah now mary and pippin are here with frodo and sam <sighs> at least gandalf in the scene before this is hey bill oh, i'll cousins... give you 20 dollars if you tell me which is which um, you know what and actually if i <laughs> if i didn't know the story i wouldn't even assume, like i don't know how long it would have taken me to realize that those are the mary and pippin that gandalf yeah. had been mentioned True. once in a scene five minutes ago but like yeah they're traveling across the land. They hear some horses, so they get off the road, and uh, uh, their ho their pony just vanishes. I don't know where he goes for now. <laughs> Bill the pony um, just teleports yep. out of there. He yeah. just teleports out of there. Uh, and then some loser in a road with eye red eyes clomps around, going. He looks like he looks, <laughs> he looks like one of the ponies from Power Rangers. <laughs> Is this intimidating around. to anyone? Oh, what is my. this thing? Fucking, this is when Ralph Bakshi talks about how Peter Jackson ripped him off. He always points to two scenes. It's the one particular shot of the Black Rider looking over the four hobbits hiding under like a fallen log in this scene. And the well, the scene earlier with the proud feet mm -hmm. at Bilbo's party. And this is... <laughs> I it, the only... The only real value of this movie to Peter Jackson must have been in regards to what not to do with these sequences, even though <laughs> he did lift one shot from this the, the sequence. But, like, 
Peter Jackson must have been like, okay, but we gotta make the Black Rider actually look kind of scary, and it can't just be a fucking dude in a suit, in a black, a black, uh, uh, tidy-whitey, going, <laughs> It's the least scariest thing, it's just so <laughs> It is legitimately comical, it's like... Yeah. And again, I, I hate to compare. And they're all sh- to they're o- overtly, version. overly shaking and freaking out. It, 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 because the, the the rotoscoping is just tracing. You could totally see the bad community theater mime acting that this person is doing of like, oh my fingers, it's just so crappy. It's just so bad. Mm-hmm. Welcome to awful April, everyone. We're just basking in the bullshit now. Oh god. And so, yeah, he gets on his horse and leaves just because, well, Frodo was, like, yeah, of course, he's almost tempted to put on the ring, but he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, it leaves. Hobbits look around. Merry and Pippin are like, okay, we're coming too now. They didn't All get right. horns or anything. could have just drawn horns on anything. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, why does Sam look like a treasure told toy that got too close to the heater and started to melt? Because his face and his, his hippo teeth and... What is uh, this hairdo that all the hobbits have? I don't understand generally. Because, like, the big goo-goo doll eyes that all the hobbits have... Because I think that's the one... Because, like, again, I think they put facial prostheses on all, on all the little people playing the hobbits for the live action. But I think the eyes are the one thing they mostly had to come up with themselves. Because, obviously, you know, real people... No, don't they have had to do the mouths. Because of, there's like, no way that these people could animate mouths as well. As no, 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 no. But, like, the ones I'm saying, they're also trace, tracing the mouths because... Well, even sometimes, like, like they'll, they'll be, they're too good at, like, tracing all the individual teeth. And so it gets yeah. a little weird looking. Because, yeah. like, the character... Like, the hobbits have these big goo-goo eyes... They have like really like immaculately rendered teeth, and it's just like, ah, it's, it's. But then, yeah, like you can't tell Mary and Pippin apart. Sam just looks like a fucking sloth from the Goonies, and fucking. And this is one thing that drives me nuts throughout the whole movie. They obviously had a uh, batch of stock animation of Frodo making the same like two or three facial emotes True. that they would just drop into literally every scene with Frodo. So then, and so there's so much. So much of this movie is exposition of people saying things to Frodo while Frodo is making the same two or three, like, eh, faces the whole time, repeated all throughout the film. Oh, man. This sucks. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, anyway. were, you, I, I, were you mad watching this or were you just baffled? I was just baffled. I, okay, because I, I, I was more baffled. Too. I was just. Because it had been, like, 30 plus years since I had last seen So it. many bad creative decisions on top of like, yeah, because like, like there's so many things I could see like why with a limited budget, but like with the ambition to tell a story like this, you kind of forced them to some things. But like, even though there's so many unforced creative errors in this thing, it's just... Uh, unforced then, like, creative errors? You mean like when they go to Bree and just it's just a bunch of Xerox live action people? Because fuck it, why would we draw the scene when we can just Xerox it? It goes on forever too. You could have saved so mm-hmm. much money by literally, and the scene would move so much better if it was literally half as long. But no, like <laughs> they were so oh just fucking yeah, and the the hobbits look terrible against these obviously like photographed people. Again, it's yeah. not even rotoscoped because. Like the no. shading, there's enough shading and stuff. You can tell it's just a photograph, 
I think it's like something where they they filmed it and then they overexposed the prints or something. Like posterized it, it like, like that. Like yeah. whatever. Like the like it's funny because I want to call it Photoshop, but what like it's yeah, not quite Xerox. Like yeah, the Disney but stuff like is. but there's definitely like yeah some kind of like processing going on. Are they, they tried they to knock it down? It? To I can't at, tell. I'm not yeah, sure. At some point, it doesn't matter because whatever they did, they fucked up because it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. Regardless of like how inside baseball you want to get with the technology, it just looks bad. And yeah. yeah. So earlier in the movie, Gandalf told Frodo to call himself Mister Underhill, which is a thing that happens in the book, the movies, and books, and all that. So Mary goes outside. The bartender like, "Hey, here's Mister Underhill from the Shire. Sing us a song, Mister Underhill." So Frodo sings a song. Outside, Mary gets stalked by the Black Riders. They th- 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 throw some fart gas at him, and he passes out. Yeah, he just goes outside long enough just to get murked by the fucking Black Riders, but they don't yeah. kill him or anything. They just knock him out, and that's it. Yep, and yeah. then Frodo falls off a table and vanishes, which freaks everybody out. But then he takes off the ring. They didn't. Ch- ha- what happened? Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna try to avoid comparing to the live action thing because I'm doing this thing on its own merits compared more to the book or whatever. Yeah, but at least in the Peter Jackson movie, they show the ring falling on his finger. This he just falls down, lands on his ass, and vanishes. What happened? They have they have explained because you know Frodo if Bilbo uses the ring at the party so at least they've shown did, did they mm-hmm. show him actually putting the ring on specifically they must have when again if, at the party they show Bilbo at the party because that party, would be yeah. the only thing that would let you know that like the ring can turn you invisible for this scene but still yeah. it's never like it's just he falls down and but you don't just, see him he just falls like, down and becomes like invisible an, you don't no, even know he's wearing the ring yeah, it almost seems like it's almost an animation mistake that he suddenly disappears if it didn't have like the dragon's layer insert coin sound whenever he disappears you would think it would like an animation mistake but yeah, yeah. So the oh no he actually owners, fades away so okay he's a, yeah. he doesn't pop away but like the tavern owner <sighs> said something about Mr. Underhill scaring his customers and breaking up his crops what does that even mean? You know, that's one of the things because I think they all the dialogue in this movie were taken straight from the books, but not even edited in a way that like will make sense because obviously they've they've cut stuff from the books that like so maybe in the scene he like the him the the bartender owning crops would have been a thing, but like of course like that's not a thing in the movie. So why is he like yeah, like is that basic storytelling care in terms of like don't do shit that's confusing and like yeah. Ralph yeah. Bakshi's a terrible storyteller, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they scamper to their room where there's some dude with no pants on waiting for them. <laughs> so he many people with no pants on this movie. Could you not draw pants on these people? Come I don't on. know. Yeah. So many tiny and I, little I, His design pants. isn't terrible. I like that, you know, he's, he's, he's a darker-skinned person. That's I was cool. about to say, this is my But if one... he was wearing pants, I'd like him a lot more. <laughs> Well, especially and also, like... it's hard to go wrong with John Hurt. So yeah, that's and that's one of one. I wrote, I do remember one of the complaints my dad had about uh, the live action um, Strider uh-huh. uh, Aragorn is that he's supposed to be older. And my dad was like, Ah, Viggo Mortensen's not old enough to play that role. But I whatever. can see that, yeah. Um, but then he was a book think... nerd, so. There was a there was someone else who was supposed to play Aragorn in that Lord of the Rings movie that I think they replaced at the last minute because I think Peter Jackson said that, that even the other person they, it was, seemed even younger. Mm. So like Air, like 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 Aragorn Viggo Mortensen was like the aged up choice for them. I think they said. Mm. Um, I, I was gonna say this is the one thing I'll give Ralph Bakshi credit for creatively in this movie. 
is making Aragorn some kind of like native Mesoamerican looking dude yeah. is kind of interesting for this guy who's supposed to be. I think he's the like, only character design that doesn't churn my stomach. And I think that's really, and I, I'm sure that's by accident, because I'm sure when he was quote-unquote casting everyone for this movie, it was just like, okay, who, okay, we haven't made Fred from the inking department play something in this movie yet. <laughs> okay, I guess he's going to play Aragorn, and he just happened to be, like, Native American or Mesoamerican or whatever. And so, that, like, it wasn't, like, I'm sure it was not a creative choice. It was just, that's just who they had available. Um, but yeah, he looks like, oh god, who's the Latino guy from Sesame Street? That's who this guy kind of looks like. Oh, I um, thought he looked more like, uh, Javier Bardem, No Country from Old Men. Yeah, but, well, that kind of like, but, he's got... Like, but with his face pressed up against a pane of glass. Yeah, I can't quite tell if he's supposed to be Spanish or Latino or... Yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, but yeah. But he's a brown dude, I like it. And again, John Hurt smooths over a lot of rough edges. Yeah. Uh, which is funny, because John Hurt's voice... Which is funny, because actually John Hurt, when he recorded this, was probably not that old. He's probably, like, 40. But, like, in my mind, I always think of John Hurt as this old man. So I just think of him like, oh, that John Hurt's voice sounds so much older than that than the character yeah. that he's between, playing. But probably not. But Between this and doing the Black Cauldron, he was rocking <laughs> animation like nobody's business. God, what did he play in the Black Cauldron? He played the main villain. Oh, really? Okay. I believe and so. And John Hurt. memory serves me right. Him, yeah. yeah, he would actually have been right off of Alien, actually, as a result of this. Yeah, so um, he knows who Frodo is, and he's friends with Gandalf, but he's worried because he hasn't heard from him, and he says, he'll tell, he tells him, those black riders will fuck you up, I'll show you the way, you can trust me. So, then Mary comes in, and is like, black riders, I'm good now, they farted and I fell over, but... It is... Again, I'm okay now. Not really making the Black Rider seem that dangerous. If Mary yeah. could just like, if you just got attacked with fart gas and comes back and says, "Hey guys, I got, I yeah, I got sideswiped by a couple Black Riders, but they let me go for no reason." Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad we get to spend so much time standing in this bedroom debating if Strider should come with them or not. Then he tells them who he really is. He's Aragorn, son of Arathorn, and he'll protect their stupid Hobbit asses. This well, he holds up the broken sword that's and everything. What, yeah. And but there's no explanation for the sword, or it's just it's nope. just a thing that happens. Yeah. Yep. And then the Black Riders kick open some gates to to Bree, and we get to watch them ride through the town on their horses all the way to the Hobbit's room, where they just apparate out of nowhere, and then they stab some Xerox beds. And this goes on or hit for them a with while. dull swords. And, and more like, exact. I, and again, not to, but the, the, the Peter Jackson ver version of the scene did it so much better. We're like stabbing into the feathers, and the feathers are flying mm -hmm. everywhere, and just like and this one. They're well, just like, obviously, they're just the like people that are rotoscope didn't have sharp swords. They were just hitting them with sticks. This is like that wiffle ball bat smacking mm -hmm. these beds. Yeah, it just it looks terrible. Again, just lack of any kind of threatening aura to the Black Riders in this. It's just, yeah. So oh. um. No hobbits, only bags. They I stand the in a hobbits... circle, scream, a stupid helmet is seen, and then Frodo smiles a dumb smile at Aragorn in a different room, and that scene ends. Uh, they never even suggest, again, in the Peter Jackson thing, at least, they reveal that the hobbits are now suddenly staying in a hotel, like, across the street. Yeah. In this, you never get to see where they're... They they seem to be either in a barn or in the basement of the pub. Because when the, 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 the Black Riders attack... I think Sam or Frodo wakes up, and then Aragorn's like, go back to bed. But, yeah, I mean, it is a good fake-out. It's not well done in this, but that's one of my favorite <laughs> fake-outs in the story, though. Yeah. But So now they're in a marsh. <laughs> and, um... Let's see. Oh, this is the one thing, too, oh. when, like... Uh, they finally... And then they aren't in the marshes. Just... It's just, I guess that's to show time is passing... 
to show time is passing, Aragorn says they'll be in the marshes for at least two days. So we know at least two days have passed. Yeah. They're on their way to Weathertop. They're being followed by black riders. But not really stressed about it. They even stop into a campfire and get a story yeah, at night that has nothing chill. to do with anything. Yeah, which again, I mean, that's kind of what happens in the story. But like the black riders have already been so lame in the story that it like robs like even them like this adventure like why they're like going so hard just seems even more just like I don't know. And then the Stakes black riders show up to become even more in in intimidating because you can see right through them because they didn't xerox them or whatever. <laughs> I know xeroxing isn't what they do, but I just call it. But xeroxing that's what I mean. That's what it looks like. I, that, yeah. I, I'm actually, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if actually there was some kind of xeroxing involved because it looks like that kind of like you can almost see like the scanner lines in some of the footage where it looks like a mechanically reproduced image. But now it's and also weird too because now the Black Riders, rather than just being hand drawn, hand rotoscoped dudes they are just now photographed in their entirely different costumes where now they have elaborate headdresses on yeah uh, and for no ex explanation why they're looking like again if you didn't know you would think these are entirely different dudes now because they look entirely different and they're and they're being uh presented in an entirely different format uh mm -hmm. but yeah fucking they stuff fucking well fucking frodo puts on the ring because he's always an idiot in every adaptation of this shit Yep, and that makes everybody vanish around him. They're I guess confused, that's one of part of magic, Because I too. guess they want to show him that he's disappearing, but instead everyone else disappears, which yeah. could be interesting if it wasn't presented so confusedly. Yeah. yeah, he draws his sword, tries to fight, but he gets stabbed right in the arm. <laughs> Eric really, yeah. manages to scare away the Black Riders with its torches because they work on Frankenstein's monster's <laughs> logic. I do like that's consistent in all kinds of medias. Uh, bad guys so, scared of fire, yeah. Mm -hmm. To be fair, most all things are scared up. of fire. Like, that's not true, like you have to be true. evil to be I'm scared of fire. I don't want to get out of here. Yeah. Frodo's all fucked up. The blade for the Black Riders, it just it lands on the ground and vanishes. Poof. Well, and the Black Thank, Riders thanks just for explaining literally that, guys. And then the screen suddenly just jumps to the next day. And there's no, like, insinuation that, like, they've chased off the Riders. Like, the Riders, the Riders have just stopped now. Yeah. They've stabbed Frodo. And yeah, now it's the next day. Well, Sam's like, we gotta go. Yeah. No, yeah. we gotta go. And a piece broke off in Frodo's arm of that sword. Black sword is working its way into his heart, so they gotta get the is... Rivendell to heal him. But That's... no worries. Here comes Legolas. So handsome. It's like someone was trying to trace the instruction manual for Zelda 2, the adventure of Link, but fucked up the eyes. Frodo says, yes, oh. Sam. That's an elf. But, and he has to say that because otherwise we would have no idea. That's the only time. And like, also, why would Frodo know that's an elf? Because Frodo doesn't know any more than anyone else in this. That's fucking yeah. dumb. Uh, also, is it actually? I can't remember. Is it actually a piece that's working into Frodo's heart in the original story? Because I don't I think that's what it is in the Peter Jackson version. Which, if it's not, I that would actually just be. A... I think it's just the blade is. I thought it was just the blade a wound. Is sucks ass. Yeah, I th I always thought it was just the wound and not necessarily a piece of metal. But if it's a piece of metal, that actually seems more like suddenly you've got like an Iron Man situation, which has more like immediate stakes. Which that, that actually would be an improvement if that's not how it works in the original story. But whatever. But uh, but yeah, so, Legolas looks like a fucking idiot. He looks like somebody pulled pantyhose over their head and <laughs> did the thing where you pull it up. This is the one thing. 
Like, I've been bitching this whole time about, like, okay, if you're gonna spend all this time rotoscoping, why not do something to, like, make these designs look a little more interesting, because embrace the fact that it's animation. So, the one thing in this movie they decide, we're gonna embrace the animation by turning Legolas's eyes 45 degrees. So, yeah, he looks like he's constantly son, you got a panty on your head. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And it's not like any of the other elves are like that too, thank Christ. But yeah. it's just so stupid looking. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's oh it's C3PO. Yeah, which actually, if I had not known, I wouldn't. Uh, like, yeah, I'm assuming he must. I I didn't. I forgot to check. Is this before or after Star Wars came out? Is it 78? This is released, but I'm assuming they would have been uh, recording these voices in 76 or 77. So it would have been right around. Did the time he do he anything after Star Wars? Or he no, just... it's been. <laughs> <laughs> He's been just cashing those Star Wars checks for 40 years. And okay. I've always heard that he is, like, the biggest dick, dick in the whole cast, where he's totally yeah. been, like... Oh, Didn't Kenny you know Davis who hate I... him? Yeah, well, specifically, I've, the one I've always heard, it's not like even Ken, Kenny Baker, the guy who played R2-D2 hating him, as much it was... Him, it's, it's Anthony Daniels for no reason hating Kenny Baker just because mm. he like was always like jealous of that like R2-D2 was a more popular character than C-3PO so I don't know if that's true but I've always heard very not cool things about Anthony Daniels just being a dick mm. but yeah anyway so um Chase. they have to take Frodo to see Elrond in Riverdale so uh <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hook him up with Mongo. Wait, who are the uh -huh. characters in Riverdale? Jughead's Moose. gonna heal him. He's that. That's one of the properties about that stupid fucking hat. Uh -huh. Rub it on the wound. So they get close to. <laughs> you gotta get him to the Josie the Pussycat show. It's mm -hmm. the only thing that could wake him up. They get close, but here come the Black Riders. Aragorn yeah. tries to stop it. By just standing in the way of the horse and getting knocked over. Good job, Aragorn. This whole thing is confounding the way this is staged. There's so many slow shots of, like, just Frodo on a horse kind of passing out, and then suddenly he runs away, and then he's passing out. And there's, like, one Everybody Black Rider, Everybody else and just five. vanishes? It's just... And then it's just I... Frodo on a horse and the Black Riders and his sideways walking horse? Yeah. Some buildup, huh? It's just the way And why staged. does Frodo flap his arms like he's trying to fly when he rides away on his horse? Uh, I have, like, I just... You got me. And then the background, sometimes it's hand-drawn, sometimes it turns into a Black Sabbath video. Mm-hmm. It's just... And then fucking... Frodo leaps off like a six inch shelf of mud into a puddle mm. and I guess that's supposed to be the river because then he suddenly turns around and there is a river bet between him and the Black Riders and the Black Riders are like oh fuck oh Come man back. there's a puddle it is a puddle and like no the way you stage this is that you, you show that there's a river and Frodo's got to get across the river or at least to the river and so you drive up stakes by like okay but the Black Riders are getting closer the, this movie doesn't do any of that it's just complete random happenings that like Ralph actually has absolutely no way of staging an action not even an action sequence but just even establishing the geography of what's happening or why anything's happening in a scene this is like fucking child's play fucking theater 101 it, bullshit and he utterly fails it at seems it. like they stop chasing Chasing him sometimes yeah, and just, just look at him, and then they start chasing him again, and then he flaps his arms, and then they chase him, and, and I then don't it'll, know. It'll, and then it'll just cut to a random stock shot of him just making a mo like making his like random generic Frodo faces at the Black Riders, and then I don't know what the f but he eventually gets across the river, and then yeah, they're all like, "Come back! We didn't mean yeah. to scare you away." Yeah, Frodo won't go to them even with their cat call, and he just squints at them and says. No, you no have. And they start to cross the water slowly. 
but then it turns into some horse rapids and drives them all away. I think there's a point where some just I don't know who some lady says get back. Yeah. Then, Why? Uh, who knows? Who and knows? again, none of this would make any sense if I hadn't read the stories or seen another another better version of the story in a mm-hmm. movie. Where like, okay, that's actually because I, I guess I was it's Arwen in the Peter Jackson movie. Yeah, I think maybe it's some it's other rant. That... I can't remember, but it's a different elf in the actual book. I can't. Yeah, I can't remember. If it's another elf, or just like there's a. Lot I think of it's Larry spirits. Stinkums. It's Larry. It's... Usually, in life or in fiction, if something inexplicable happens, <laughs> it's usually Larry Stinkums. Fucking Larry. God damn. We have we have him to thank for so much, so many things. It's true. Oh god. So why did the emperor explode at the bottom when he got thrown down to the bottom of that reactor shaft by Darth Vader? Larry Stinkums. Larry Stinkums. So Frodo falls off his horse and that scene ends. Then he wakes up in bed and Gandalf's watching him. Um, he almost got turned into a ringwraith, but he's good now. So, you know, Elrond's river saved him and uh, his magic cured him. But those ringwraiths will come back and with new Xerox beasts. Oh, no. So then what? Gandalf's like, so uh, you going to ask me how I've been? I've asked you <laughs> how you've been. What's the deal? You're being a little, little kind of still in the limelight here for me, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a so he, yeah. he went and saw that red white wizard. And then an eagle picked him up. Glad we cleared that up. Great. Fantastic. He didn't even need to bring it up because, like, no. it turns out it's the. Uh, seriously, he hitched a ride. Yeah. Well, he didn't hitch a ride. The eagle picked him up and carried him away like a doll. <laughs> and I so. I hate this. This is <laughs> Bilbo's telling stories to a crowd of people, but these aren't Xerox people. They're hand drawn. Why are they hand-drawn and not the other ones? Because these ones aren't really animated. They just stand they there, just staggering. Kind of, there's a lot of still images of people just sitting there, just, yeah. Um, I... Bilbo wants to peep on that ring Frodo's got. Frodo shows to him. Bilbo crosses his eyes and flails around like a teenage girl who just ate a spicy chicken wing and is trying to fan it the is... heat out of her mouth. What is this? Billy Barty, what are you doing? Was anyone directing Billy Barty, or is he just allowed to do whatever he wants? And they're like, well, I guess we'll put in a scene, if it, even if it makes absolutely no sense in context. We'll just, like... Like, I know people make fun of... of I know people make fun of Bilbo going... <laughs> in, the, in the Peter Jackson, but... At what least is he this? Didn't just sit there idly fumble for five minutes, like burning <laughs> off. Like this is an animated film, and he's just wasting all his manpower, just like just to draw him, just like being like, Meh. yeah. And of course, the whole time Frodo's just sitting with the same stock things, where he's just like emoting. He does back lift and... his hand like he's gonna slap Bilbo. <laughs> he does, yeah. But, oh, but which it. actually that would have been great. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they do the thing, of course, where like Bilbo is like, "Hey, by the way, you got my ring," and then like Frodo is like, "That's not your ring, but here I'll show it to you." And then that's when, yeah, he does. Yeah. Bilbo and then does Be- the whole, Bilbo like, cries. <laughs> And Gandalf is like, come on, nerds, time to meet Elrond. Yeah. Why is Elrond's chair on top of a banquet table? Why is anything in this movie? It's just like, yeah, he's literally on the, t- like, like, it's like, I'm surprised he's not like, okay, anyone want mashed potatoes? Well, I'm just going to kick it to you with my feet. Like, Hey, if, if you stood Boromir next to Gimli, could you pick out which one's supposed to be a dwarf? Uh, the dwarf is the one with the, with the fucking... Is he, this is supposed to be like a parody of the dwarfs from Snow White? Because he's totally dressed like the real version of that, where he's got like a stupid know. little sloggy pirate hat. And fucking Boromir is like this big fucking 
uh, barbarian for some reason. Mm-hmm. And fucking Elrond is just... With a Viking helmet. Uh, Elrond is the least impressive looking elf you've ever seen because it's just a dude in a tunic. Like, again, with this being hand... Now we're back into hand, hand-drawn hand rotoscoping. You could have, like, done anything to... Give him, like, a little crown or a wreath or so, put like put some embellishments on his costume. No, he just looks like... He, this looks like a bunch of people playing D&D. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. What is... I, never mind. <laughs> what is anything? Also, the guy playing Elrond kind of looks like... Oh, God, what's the actor? He played... Did he play Brutus in... Uh Oh, he played... Siren Hines. I think he played Steppenwolf in Justice League, but that doesn't matter because he only uses his voice. But anyway, shut up, Bill. But yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> Beyond the farthest reaches of the imagination, and deep within the human heart. Here, in a time when the world was young, in what is known as the Third Age of Middle-earth, a tale is told of deeds and beings, a tale of a day when a great shadow will fall across the earth, and ancient sorcerers will lock in mortal combat with the phantoms of the night. Then will the raging War of the Rings draw the blood of heroes, and the final destiny of all mankind will be written. Then will mortal men with dwarf lords and elven princes come to stand together in a single noble army and thunder against all the hosts of darkness at the very gates of doom. The legend of Middle-earth, as it is written in the hearts of men. It is a world more real than any other. A haunting, forbidden world, where innocence can overcome evil, and a single dream is more powerful than a thousand realities. This is the magnificent gift that J.R.R. Tolkien left to the human heart, and that fantasy films now brings to the screen. The vision beyond imagination. The Lord of the Rings. There's also a voiceover now that we get to tell us a little something. They decided because why make that a consistent thing in the movie? We'll just do it for this one scene. The voiceover tells us that Frodo learns that Aragorn is the son of Arathorn, even though he told him, like, as soon as he met him. Yeah. Like, uh, five minutes after meeting him the first time. Remember, Baksh, Bakshi could have made a film that was twice as good as <laughs> Peter Jackson if he had this. Jesus Christ, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. so, uh, they have to take the ring to Mount Doom, and even, even when Boromir's like, hey, why not just use it, huh? Gandalf says their only hope lays in foolishness, and these fucking hobbits are <laughs> foolish as hell. Yeah, let's I... give it to them. Oh, you know, and Bilbo's oh, like, heck yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'll carry the heck out of it. And Gandalf's like, fuck you, you buggy-eyed fool. No, I want to get now. Says he'll do it. Bilbo and suddenly, Sam up, is there. Bilbo stands up on his chair to say, like, I'll take it, and mm-hmm. he's totally doing the Billy Barty squint there. And then yeah. Gandalf reaches up and shoves him back down in his seat. And says, Shut the fuck up. Sit down. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just eat, eat I, your like, fruit in, pack. In every version of the story, the original book, Peter Jackson, this version, I have always wondered why the hobbits don't like take a little more umbrage at like the whole plan is like, oh, we're giving you the ring because you're too stupid to use it. Like, I know it's not stupid, but yeah. the way everyone's like, well, yeah, well, well, I, well, even if you be, suddenly became obsessed with, like, even if you fell victim to the ring, we could just step and squash on you. We'd not actually pose any real threat to anybody, but yeah. Yeah. So Frodo <sighs> says he'll do it, and suddenly Sam is there looking like a huge ass dork. I hate him. I hate <laughs> every moment he's on screen. Yeah. So later, Bilbo gives Frodo a shirt. It's fancy, but he doesn't tell the audience what it really is, aside from maybe it'll turn away even a Black Rider sword. That's an yeah. He doesn't say it's mithril. He doesn't say it's armor. No, it's just a shiny shirt. Yeah. He also gives him Sting, his sword. It glows when goblins are around. Does he actually and, use Sting anytime in the story? I uh, guess. I he, guess I, he holds it up to Gollum. Uh, yeah, which it wouldn't shine for that. And then, well, it's not like they even explain that it shines only when goblins are around. But like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So, and this is when I was like, why do they, all these actors just wave their arms around, like, it's... random? What's the deal with this? Yeah, I it's don't... Like the, I... It's like the direction was fidget as much as possible so we have something to animate. Well, it's animated, because if you're just standing there, it doesn't look that interesting. So, like, if you were, like, yeah, you have to be as, quote-unquote, animated as possible. Even though so, half this footage we're not going to be drawing over, it's just going to be fucking Xeroxed. They set yeah. out on their journey. A snowstorm. And now they're just Xerox dudes for some reason. Yeah. I guess they were too busy to draw that week. With cornflakes being blown over the footage, just be like, the hey, it's The music says those cornflakes are real evil. <laughs> and then that scene ends. And, and they like, debate where to go. Mine's why do they have this? Because they could have just cut this out. They could just say, hey, yeah. let's go to Moria, because it doesn't, yeah. Old Pantsless doesn't want to go there, but Gandalf says there's no other way to pass the mountains. Gimli will go, because his cousin went there, and nobody's heard from him since. Eventually, they decide to go... Which makes old fart-faced Sam say, Mmm, frown. Now we gotta spend some time with Gandalf yelling at the door. Legolas expositions to Gimli that he sure did, those dwarves sure do like to lock stuff up with this door that says, Spreak friends and enter. It's on whatever. I Gandalf can't open it till he does. I appreciate that every adaptation of the story... Because this is really the beginning of their adventure. Decides to start off in the slowest way possible. Five minutes of everyone watching uh, Gandalf being unable to open a door. It's the, the least dynamic thing that happens in this story. And every version of this this goddamn story keeps it. I love it. So, Lega, <sighs> so Gandalf suddenly can open it and Legolas says, So all you had to do was say friend and enter. Glad we got that taken really care of. But cleanly they didn't, explained. But they, it's just kind of no, like, a, yeah. He said because he doesn't say you had to say friend in Elvish. He doesn't yeah. say that. It, it just again, it only makes sense if you read the book, and it's just yeah. like, well, then why why are you even watching this then? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But oh no, there's a tentacle, and it's got Frodo, and then Slam slaps it with his sword, and then the others do too, and then then they go inside, leaving poor Bill the Pony outside just to die, and it's implied that it dies. <laughs> it, I also I am shocked. This is the first thing we've seen in the movie where it's actually a hand-animated creature. It's mm. tentacles. I am shocked it's not just a dude in an octopus suit going, True. Oh, I'm the watcher of the water! I'm mm. gonna get you! Being Xeroxed into the background. No, it's actually... So they actually, actually had to do, like, rough animation and then clean it up and then ink it. Yeah, so... Yep. But they closed the door and Build-A-Pony's, I guess, wiped out. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, I looked that, that up because I was like, did Velvet Pony survive? And yeah, Bill, Gandalf had cast some spell on him that he could okay. find his way Which, back to. Who knows? He could have brought him back if they'd done a second half of the story, but yeah. Yeah. He was such a rich and detailed character in this. <laughs> Which I say, but then I'm like, well, he's just as rich and detailed as any of the other characters yeah. in this. Pippin yeah. and Mary over here. So, they go inside. The and the monster says, do look cool. don't forget to close the door and slams it shut. Yeah. The background paintings for all the stuff does look pretty nice. Like, it's mm. still, again, not, not that we've had a problem with background paintings in this movie, but it is nice and spooky and, mm. Yeah. So they Xerox their way through the caves. Uh, <laughs> someone told Leolock. So at this point, if you watch Legolas walk, somebody tried to tell him to walk like a ballet dancer, like Tobes eh, first, because yeah. he's walking. He's walking the way somebody who's learning ballet tries to walk, like they're doing ballet. God. Like they could have gotten an actual dancer to play Legolas, but they were why like, not at that point? But because they didn't have a professional uh, dancer on staff, because I'm sure yeah. they didn't hire actors. I'm sure it was just like. Oh, Larry, Larry, the fucking janitor is playing Legolas, so... And, like, if you're gonna Larry rotoscope was... everything, why not get people that are used to doing pantomime on stage That's like this? That's what I'm saying, but no, instead they got the fucking Max... Like, they couldn't even get the Max Fisher community players. It is... I'm assuming it has to be people who worked on the movie. Like, aside from the the, the little people playing the uh, the, the Hobbits. Mm -hmm. I, otherwise, why not? Exactly, yeah. Gandalf leads them through the caves. There's some green eyes at one point. Very spoopy. So, uh, they find a guard room with a well, so they'll rest there. They're so exhausted, they turn into Xerox men. Pippin or Mary, I don't know which, drops a rock down a well and makes a very tiny splash sound. Gandalf calls him a fool of a took and yells at him to be quiet. Ooh, I love he's that's always a, a highlight of, a of any adaptation of the story. It's just, you fool of a took. Yeah. yeah. So the sounds of rocks knocking together happen in the well, and then that scene ends. Very spooky. Well, Later, Gandalf finds a diary. Some Lord Dwarf died. Chick got all fucked up. Legolas hears nothing, but he feels. Cool. <laughs> like, like, uh, I think hey, more, one of the guys is like, what do you hear, Legolas? And he says, nothing, but I feel. Uh, I can only assume that's from the original book, because I don't think this... This movie's capable of doing anything that isn't taken from the original book, but, mm. yeah. Gandalf reads that they heard some sick drums. Drums in the deep. Pippin tells Gandalf, I, I want to go, but I think it, but it could have also been Frodo. I don't know. I don't know, yeah. Someone plays a kazoo and a bunch of Xerox men with <laughs> animated tiefers and red eyes show up. They're supposed to be orcs. Which, they look just like the Black Riders who attacked everybody in Weathertop. I just fucking, I hate this movie. Gandalf runs like he shit his pants. Frodo well, stabs a foot of something that's got scales all over it. I don't know. I think While this he is shouts, the Shire! I think it's supposed to be the cave troll, but because this mm. movie's directed by Ralph Bakshi, they were scared to do anything that wasn't hand-drawn, that wasn't just rotoscoped, and so the only cave troll you get is, like, shaggy Wookiee foot. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, like, the orcs do bust through the door, and suddenly the cave trolls disappeared? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Six orcs come in. They are fought off very easily, and Gandalf's like, Run for it, you dinguses! Yes. Uh, Remember, Peter Jackson's movie was only good because he was copying this directly. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, because we all know that this is exactly how it goes down in the Peter Jackson version, where there's six guys in Halloween costumes. 
Oh god, this is fucking t and like also there's some weird amount of slow motion. Oh, it's when fucking Frodo yeah, gets stabbed. Yeah, it yeah. throws a spirit. Uh, a Xerox man throws a spirit Frodo. It's slow motion. It hits him and he says, <laughs> but then he's fine. Doesn't get explained. I know yep. Bilbo gave him the armor, but man, come on, just have him save it, Mister Armor. Well, they never, like, the word Mithril gets mentioned earlier in the movie, but has everyone suggested that Mithril, what it does or anything like that? And so you really have to connect the dots to understand, even when it's revealed, like, ten minutes from now, mm -hmm. that, like, oh, I got a Mithril vest. It's just, you know. Yeah. They all run from the Xeroxes, popping <laughs> back and forth from being Xerox themselves to animated. It is really odd about, like, what shots they it, decide they need to be Xerox versus, versus not, yeah. It looks like a mistake, and speaking of mistakes... Here comes old Balrog. It's fucking brown. Now, one might think, <laughs> since this is an anime cartoon, we can make the Balrog look however you'd like it to look. Maybe it looking like a big awesome gargoyle, maybe some dragon looking motherfucker, a it hodgepodge is. of various animals stitched together. Now, 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 now. What we gotta do is how about some dude wearing a trash can with fabric community theater wings and big old boots and a whip? This Let's is the that. moment Ralph Bakshi becomes criminally negligent in his creativity in this film. Where there is absolutely, I know budgetary, blah, blah, blah. There is absolutely no excuse for the Valrog to be this in this movie. If you're going to no. make Lord of the Rings an animated cartoon, if anything, the Balrog, especially if you're only doing the first half of like the story, the Balrog is going to be your centerpiece thing. Don't fucking make it is. It's like something from fucking Spinal Tap. It is the stupidest fucking shit of it. It's just when they make it fly, it's obviously just like on cables. Just yeah, hop in. it's just it's like fucking. They went to like where like the fucking community theater. Uh, Peter, like even when it's flying, they could not make it not look like it's just a dude on cables. Yeah, being thrown uh, like at a community theater where they're putting on a performance of Peter Pan. It is just fucking, it is, this is such a fundamental betrayal of animation as an art form. This more, again, yeah, this is, this is where Ralph Bakshi forever, like, earns a ticket to, to cartoon hell. Because he fucked I, this up so hilariously bad, it's great. I can't believe oh people my. can watch this scene and still say, yeah, this version's not bad. I want to go back to everyone in my life who has been like, oh yeah, you gotta watch that uh, Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings. And just grab their faces and rub them into this fucking scene like a dog gets pissed the carpet. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, this is hilarious to watch. Like, I'm glad mm -hmm. to have seen it. Just to see how bad Ralph Bashi could fuck something up. But it's just so, like, how could... What is... And again, not even comparing this to the Peter Jackson version. Just anything but a dude in a rubber suit on Peter Pan strings. Just literally anything. It's animation. You can do whatever you want. That's the whole point of animation. Whatever you could possibly... Oh my god, it's so fucking... Oh, it's amazing. It is... It's flabbergasting. That, that is all this movie's problems in a nutshell right there is the Balrog. But anyway, mm -hmm. so yeah, he whips fucking yep. Gandalf. Gandalf makes the tiny bridge they're standing on crumble. The Balrog forgot that he has wings and he can fly. <laughs> I know, it's And angry. then he yeah. whips Gandalf and takes it with him. Yeah. And then Gandalf kind of casually says, fly you fools, and that's yeah, that. Fly fools. Yep. They look down the pit, and then they leave. No time for sadness. Now they're outside. Frodo's like, bah hum, Doug. Without Gandalf, it's all useless, and they finally explain his mithril armor, and that explains everything. Yeah, well, we had that needless subplot. And they also mentioned that there's some flappy feet following them. They sound like feet, but they're flappy. Yeah. So they're going to Lothlorien. 
The road it will be long and full of stories and things to do, and they're there already. No, it just—it's like a jump cut, like with Gladriel, like, this Don Bluth-looking motherfucker over here. I think Gimli here. is like, no, I'm not going to laugh. Like it's almost like he's in the middle of saying Lothlorien when suddenly, like, mm -hmm. it just cuts to Galadriel being like, "Hey, welcome to Lothlorien!" And it's almost yep. comedic, and it's—it's it's jump. Her cut, and yeah. some dude. Some we're not. Well, I think she does say like, "Oh, we're the—we have rings, and this is my husband, Larry." This is this, this Larry, Larry Stinkums again. He actually it's wow. a cameo. Yeah, her I, her eyes are upsetting. And they, I think they use pretty much the same character model for uh, was it Ewan? Fucking what are you Ryder. talking about? That she looks so different. They designed one woman for this movie, and it's just yeah. And what is this abstract paint paint splatter of a background here? What it's are you just, doing? I mean, there's what one is nice this? little thing where, like, later on, there's like, oh, there's a song about Gandalf, and the background painting is actually kind of, but it's just, yeah, I guess. Well, I guess it's supposed to be the interior of a tree, but it's just more just abstract. Like, yes, it's I not, it's not that bad, but it's also it not that good. They say kids sing a song for Gandalf because he's dead, and now we're done being sad for him because it's time for a short little montage of them play fighting and napping and shooting arrows and just having a good time. Friends! It's like summer camp. Gladiel says Frodo and Sam a magic mirror. It's uh, live-action swirlies and stuff. Sam wants to see the Shire. He takes a peep. Some dude dug something up. I don't know. So and then... It's just a lot of talk about, like... And, of course, because this movie's cheap, they can't show anything that the characters no. are looking at, so they all have to explain it to the audience. Frodo looks in the pool, sees a kaleidoscope. The power of animation! <sighs> she it tells them they gotta man destroy that ring. level bullshit, yeah. Mm -hmm. Frodo offers it to her if she'll take it, and then she does that big bad lady speech, but in a fun tittery way, which... Whatever, you know. She just backs versions, away and is things. like, oh, no. You would have a like queen. <laughs> but it's, again, this is a perfect, if anything, the, the influence of this movie on Peter Jackson is, like, not how to do this. Like, yeah. he was like, okay, no, when actually Galadriel gets tempted, let's actually make it cool, not just her going, oh, no, okay, you keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, they leave that scene, and the big regular-sized dude makes the tiny hobbits rowboats. In the water, <laughs> like Boromir and Why Aragorn, not just sitting point? there in these tiny little hobbit men and have what, to the run the boat. Hobbit's gonna say no. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they like it's yeah, and I, it is great because like they do the thing where like, oh, this movie does explain what the two big statues are, which in the yeah. Peter Jackson version goes uncommented on, which is fine. But, like, for some reason, Aragorn and Boromir decide, like, when, as they're going through, they have to lift their swords up well, yeah, while the guys are rowing. Yeah. It's just... Okay. You're not supposed to stand in a boat, you silly guys. That Everything else aside, too. There's a... Fly, you hear Galadriel yell about uh, boat safety as, the, as, as they're swimming off. You're, you're Frodo fucking says, Sit up! down! What are you doing? Oh, my God. So, uh... They go past the statues, and that scene ends. Now they're on land. And they have to decide what to do, how to head to Mount Doom. Frodo's like, okay, I give me an hour. I'm gonna just sit on a rock and think about and this. It's never and explained like what the situation is, like what like and he, and he needs to do it alone. It's just they like, don't know where to go. Like it's not even like a thing of like, okay, if we go this way, this will happen. If we go that way, it's just it's just a reason for everything to, for everyone to break up for a little while, so the rest of this ending can happen. Which or, I forgot that's not even the ending of the movie. It's the ending yeah. of that book. But yeah. Uh... Frodo sits on a rock, Boromir shows up when he's alone, and he wants to use that ring to defeat, defend Gondor. 
but it can only lead to evil. And he says, nah, man, I'd be super cool guy with it. Come on, Frodo, be cool, be cool. Frodo doesn't know about that guy because he's willing to wear a horn helmet. And Boromir tries to get him. Frodo puts on the ring and vanishes. And he's like, oh, how dare you, you damned halfling. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oops. Sorry about that, my dude. I was oh, that no. crazy talk. Come back. I'm cool now. Aw, come on, man. Yeah. Boromir doesn't realize his voice can carry, and that's yeah. because someone's invisible doesn't mean they can't hear you. Yeah. So he goes back to camp and is like, hey, sorry, guys. I did a real bad goof from up, up there. Immediately, oh, though. Everyone's kind of sitting around, and then he sits down, and he's all like, hmm. And then Aragorn's like, what's going on? He's like, I hate to say it, but kind of made the whole reason why we're here run away from us <laughs> like yeah and then the arrow goes like what are you just telling me now we gotta go find that son of a bitch yeah mm -hmm. they all uh, run around looking for frodo aragorn tells sam stay close and then so sam just stops in his tracks and says his legs are too short and to use his head so what? he thinks and heads to the boats where he finds frodo on a boat jumps in the water he's hanging on the boat calling for help because oh i'm drowning so they goofy back shit just i do like how, because I don't know if that happens in the Peter Jackson version, how Sam just understands, like, he, he thinks like a hobbit. What's the easiest way out of the situation to go back to the boats and just, like, swim away, but yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Mary and Pippin are there. Yep. So, um, they're going to leave the Sam and Frodo. Oh, Sam and Whatever. Frodo, yeah. 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 You see, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they push away with their boat, and that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah they hope the others will be safe, and... Uh, they mentioned again that they're being followed by a lumpy-headed dork. This is the first time, yeah, I think you actually see Gollum, like animated yeah, Gollum. Yeah, the back of his head. Yeah, which would have been nice if they kind of had like stuck him in the background of a couple scenes before this. But that would have. Oh, he would have stood out like a sore thumb, though. But yeah, and that would have taken foresight and any kind of cleverness. So of course, this is the first, like he's just floating on a log, following after the guy, uh, yeah. Bilbo and Frodo. No, yeah. Bilbo. Frodo and Sam. Mm. Fucking mm. too many hobbits in this story. Anyway, yeah. Merry and Pippin run just right into the middle of a bunch of Xeroxed orcs, not even paying attention. They're just... No! You'd think the fire in the middle of the night, like, now it's suddenly kind of pretty much dusk. You'd think they would have, like, heard the orcs or something, but they just run into the middle of their camp, but yeah. Yep. They try to defend themselves from this terrible animation, but they can't. So <laughs> Boromir shows up, and he starts hacking and chopping and gets some arrows stuck in him. Falls against a tree, pulls him out, tries to fight back, but these poorly animated idiots just keep peppering him with arrows. Parrot, Pippin, and nice Mary get knocked where down. After he gets shot for the first time, he roars at all the orcs and they do kind of back away for mm. a moment, but then he gets shot with more arrows. And... He does a toot toot on his horn to <laughs> let the others know that, oh, it's real bad over here. Yeah. So he keeps blowing it, and then he falls down. Aragorn comes up later, finds them all bleeding and dying, and he tells Aragorn to go to Minas Tirith, save my people. And all right, Does he or call took him the halflings, and then he dies. Wow, much emotion. Does he call him my king? Because that's one of the remember. nicest parts of the Peter Jackson movie. Is and I can't remember. Do they ever tell anyone about what Boromir just did? Because I know they report his death to his dad and isn't that why Denethor did was it Denethor Denethor ends up because like he's also yeah he throws himself off he throws himself into the it's a whole thing but yeah okay that's one of the nice things I like about the Lord of the Rings story is that I don't think any of the heroes let anyone know about what Boromir did here so mm. Boromir continues to be a legend even though I think well because everyone in the story understands the power of the ring and you really can't fault Boromir 
for just happening to be the first person to succumb to its power, but yeah. like I always thought that was kind of a classy thing that always happens in every version of the story. But either that never got to be a thing in this because there's no second half to this. But whatever. Yeah. So they shove Boromir out on a boat and decide they'll follow those orcs and get Merry and Pippin back. So they run in slow motion, and in slow motion, we watch Aragorn trip over his own feet and fall down. Why Why? would you put that in the movie? (laughs) Why would you? And and I thought that was like an intentional thing, but suddenly, no, they cut to another shot of him and and Legolas running still. So like, what is, why? Why would you do that? Is that a creative decision, or did, did the animators not tell Ralph Bakshi that like, Hey, boss, maybe we shouldn't use this shot because it makes Aragorn look like an idiot because he trips over his own sword getting tangled up in his legs. And because <laughs> it's Ralph Bakshi who gives a shit to keep it in, whatever. What are you Let's doing? go. I'm sure Ralph Bakshi was like, Disney wouldn't keep it in. Disney would keep their oh. heroes from falling over inexplicably in the middle of a scene. So we're not going to do that. Yeah. Also, if it seems like Gimli's not getting talked about much, it's because he's basically non-existent. <laughs> he, man, he's does useless. He anything else? I think he fights a little bit at the Battle of Helm's Deep. From, from, from here on out, he's like non-existent practically. Yeah. Sometimes um, he's wearing a hat. Sometimes he's not. That's about the extent I can say about Gimli in this. God, oh, and he's man. human-sized. He's just a dude. He's just a dude. He's just and a dude. There's like 20 minutes of live-action orcs. And the guys following them. Oh man, and this is, man, orcs this running! Movie. I'm glad that we get to watch all of this. You could feel while, not that this while Mary and Pippin are running, going. <laughs> you could feel the movie powering down, where it's just like, oh, this movie. Why are not they ex- whimpering like that? I don't. It's and it goes on for a while. It's just. It does. Yeah. <sighs> Arcs argue about something. I don't know. They Why give Mary and Pippin some juice. Minutes long? There's no reason for this movie to be this long. There's so much. It's not even padding, but like, cut these long scenes down. What like, are you talking no about? Reason... We needed the scene where they give Mary Pippin juice and then say bed and breakfast in Isengard and then back to running again. I don't know why. And again, it just keeps on going. It's like, oh my god. Aragorn finds a brooch and they keep running. Which, I mean, to be fair, that's what happens in the story. I mean, he's but... he's a he's a ranger. He should just be able to follow these hundreds of footprints with all the orcs. Yeah, well, it's actually because it's not like these orcs seem to be like doing that much to cover the tracks or anything, no. too. But yeah, no, no. Um, no. So, uh, God, man, this ba- is really... ba- barely Z-rocked orcs shout and yell and get attacked by poorly Z-rocked humans on horses out of nowhere. Yeah, they are quickly dispatched. Elsewhere, a rope is used. Sam falls on his stupid <laughs> face. He talks. I don't care. Every moment I see his character design is exhausting. Fucking his tongue. Oh, oh God. It's so just... they they go in camp. Golem says, my precious. And they know who he is and are able to spot him. Frodo tells Sam he's much more dangerous than he looks. Which, yeah, that's not hard to do because he looks like a fucking joke. I mean, Sam tackles look... Golem. Frodo gets a sword on him. Frodo won't kill him, but they won't let him go either. So they tie him up with a rope. Golem doesn't want to take him to the gates, but after they tie him up with a rope, he hates it. It burns him, so he promises he will serve the Master of the Precious. So now he'll lead them to the secret way across the marshes. This Golem design is embarrassing. Why is he wearing a loincloth that's the same color as his skin? Because why? Because Disney would make it a different color. We're not going to do that. We're going to be extreme and just not color it in separately. Oh, man. You know what? At least it's not just a dude, a rotoscope dude, in a fucking monkey mask. But, like, it's not, yeah. It's, 
Again, animation, they could have made Golem look like anything, but instead they just kind of make him look like... Just like an emaciated like, dude with like a lumpy head. Like in the Rankin butt. Bass version, he's played by Brother Theodore, and his voice is fucking awesome. Yeah. And in this, Golem The some voice guy. isn't good, the character design's not good. Uh, I guess they were limited by the character like design because it had to be something that could just easily be traced over a guy in a rubber mask. So yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's it's, bad. it's, it's, it's not great. No, yeah. no. Uh, no. More Billy Barty stuff where you can see that like Sam is talking and he's like he is do doing the Billy Barty squint in his close-ups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, you yeah. get some close-ups of Gollum's ass and something when he's writhing on the ground with like, got him tied up. Like, yeah. he's writhing around. It's a little uncomfortable. I'm about to see some Gollum taint, but yeah. Surprise. It's Ralph Bashke. I wouldn't put it past him. Eh. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I'm surprised that Gollum doesn't take a shit and, like, fucking hold his <laughs> mouth in this. I'm sure there's, like, some X-rated director's cut. Well, yeah. There's not enough, like, women with giant tits in this movie for it to be an actual Ralph Bashke thing. But True. I'm surprised so, everyone doesn't get gangbanged by the writers of Rohan. There's uh, real dudes on horses squaring against off those orcs, and it's so unclear what's happening. I don't uh, it's know. It's just things are happening for no, like, like, because I, I know it's, well, it's weird because the orcs are, like, in a circle, and the riders of Rohan are shooting arrows at them, but, like, it's not, like, what is happening? Yeah, like, but what? imagine not knowing who the riders of Rohan are. It's never explained in the movie. Like, it's yeah. just, like, these guys show up, and that's just... Like, and eventually it's like, oh, these guys do have a king. Let's go talk to him. Ah, I fucking hate this. Elsewhere, Legolas gonna... tells Aragorn, who's waking up, they're far, far away. And then that scene ends. That scene, and then again. The hobbits yeah. try to get out of their binds. Pippin or Merry taunts an orc by talking like Golem? I don't understand. I, if that's in the book, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, it's just because he's like, Because he starts precious. talking about preciouses and stuff. And we have not seen enough of Gollum to even know specifically, like, that's his speech. I, it's just, I, Ralph yeah. Bakshi, master storyteller. Yeah. It's gonna kill him, I think, but some random dude shoots it with an arrow, and then they use his blade to get away and run, get free and run away. Battle breaks out. Harbits escape. What a mess. So they go into Fanghorn Forest, and they stand on a hill to see where they are. And they, one of them says, um... Uh, I like the forest. They almost feel like they like the forest, and then a voice says, "Almost felt like you liked the forest." That's uncommonly kind of you. And then now there's a tree bird. At least no. he's not rotoscope, but he's also weirdly colored and just he's his character design is not awful, but it's also not great. He's this carrot with this tiny butt who walks like a baby with a sh bunch of shit in his pants. <laughs> like he's like walking like. It's the one thing in this movie that is, like, aside from The Watcher and The Deep, I guess, that is actually, like, hand-drawn animation. And it's still just kind of, like, that that's a creative choice. Mm -hmm. And he's only there for, like, literally three shots and that's it. It's never explained. He's, like, the Ents. I mean, I'm assuming if there is a second part. Yeah, I Actually, no. I have no readers. idea even if there was a second part if they would have explained what. Because they're not explaining who the writers of Rohan are. Yeah. So it's just, he's just... A dude with a fucking nose and like he's being carried and that like he disappears and suddenly so, he became so, that's it. They say whose side are you on and he says he's not on anybody's side, but uh he's not a big fan of orcs killing and cutting down the trees and they're all. And, <laughs> and then they stop and, and go. It. That's the end of the scene. And they clap. What? It's what? terribly done, man. It's just fucking juvenile grade school story. Like, I don't even understand. What? Okay. I don't didn't get the clapping. So uh, now yeah. the tall guys, 
Awful April, everybody. Tall guys are... Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot to mention that at the start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. did we not? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the normal-sized people are still looking for them. And <laughs> normal, the normal-sized squad. Mm-hmm. And then there's some guy in white coming. Gimli says, it's Aramind the White. Shoot him with your arrows. But Aramind the White shoots... He wears red. Yeah, and he doesn't look like... Because... This yeah, guy isn't wearing white. Design. And so... They, they, their weapons turn on fire, and then... It's a funny prank Gandalf does, where he lights their weapons on fire, and, and the stagehand pulls them up into the sky on a rope. <laughs> and there's a big fl a big uh, uh, flute sound of whoop! <laughs> he talks yeah. about how he felt for a long, long time to some concept art that's way better than any of the rest of the art that With actually happened in the movie. They're showing a version of the of Balrog that now suddenly Balrog is like the super badass 200 foot tall monster mm -hmm. and not just the fucking five that's, foot tall guy in a fucking. <laughs> that's probably why the, the backgrounds are, are in some scenes are decent because it's all just the concept art. Yeah, that's actually. I doubt it's too. the I doubt they made the concept <laughs> art for the backgrounds and then use something uh, more refined stuff. But yeah, so uh, fucking Gandalf whips out a couple pieces of concept art and says, "Hey, this is what this is what the battle would look like if we had some extra money." <laughs> and he died, like, oh, but shit. he came back. Yeah. Now on, which on to even, the next scene. Even in the original story, is kind of hand waved away, where like Gandalf is just like, "Ah, oh, the powers that be thought yeah. I should still stay in this fight." And this, it's not even, they don't want to try to explain it. He's just like, well, I And he's like, back. what are you guys, he's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're looking for Marion Fick Pippin. And he says, fuck those fools. We're done with that plot thread. We're <laughs> going on like, to something else now. We got to be over here by the end well, of this movie. So let's go this way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess the guy who saved Marion Pippin that randomly is Theoden's nephew. He loves killing orcs. Now over to Aramund, who's hyping up a bunch of orcs with worm tongue by his side already. And, uh, if it, this, it gets so disjointed. Helm's Deep is a place well, where the humans can hide and buy time. Time for a miracle or for Frodo to get closer to destroying the ring? I don't know. I'm playing this all by you. Aramon is hyping up a bunch of orcs mm -hmm. with Grima Wormtongue by his side. Yeah. And then suddenly cuts to the next scene where Grima Wormtongue is hanging out with the King of Rohan. Yeah. So it's like, what? Yep. So Gandalf again, if you don't know the what theater. the story is, like even if you know the story, it's confusing. Yeah. So if you Gan don't know the story, it's just like, wait, what? What is there? Yeah. Are there a race of like bad Walt Disney caricatures that just happen to be like? There's not just one Grima worm tongue, but it's a whole species. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Gan Gandalf talks to Theoden, but that dude's like, "Ew, you're gross. Get out of here. You're stinking yeah. up the place." And Worm Tongue's like, "Yeah, nerd." So Gandalf's like, "Look at that. Look at that guy." Look at him! He's so obviously his eyes are pink. His he's name evil. is Grimo Wormtongue. What do you expect from this dude? Yeah, and he's got look at his nose. He's drawn like a fucking anti-Semitic 4chan meme. Like, why are you trusting this guy? He looks like Paul Bearer <laughs> shrunk in the dryer. What is this? <laughs> It's actually, if you combine like an anti-Semitic racial caricature of like fucking Walt Disney with Paul Bear, that's totally this cream of worm tongue. Oh man, I do so, like the thing though. Like it's this is in both versions, like this and the Peter Jackson thing, where like Grim worm tongue is like, ah oh, shit, man, you guys let him have his magic stick. Now I'm fucked. Yeah. yeah. So 
Gandalf glows at, green, at Wormtongue, saying, "Oh, you, you're gonna go. You go to Isengard, but when you can come back. You come back with poison." So Theoden comes over and is like, "Hey, is that shit for real, yo?" And then Wormtongue, instead of saying, "No, it's not true," he goes and runs away. Yeah, great defense great. there, Wormtongue. What? Theoden gets out his hands and knees and is like giving him a back massage. He's like, Wormtongue, just tell me the truth. And then yeah. Wormtongue totally gives away the fucking story just by being like, I hit you up! And he runs away. And then even one of the guards stops Grima. And like the king's like, ah, oh, no, let him go. He he has still plot things to do later on yeah. in the story, so he needs to go. Yeah. So... And then he's like, oh, yeah, but also, did I tell you that Galadriel has been recycled as my niece? <laughs> and no, that, that no, doesn't go anywhere. No. He calls her. Here is my sister daughter. Not sister's sister daughter, daughter. My sister daughter. Wow. Talking you sound like you're from Salt Lake City when you say it that way. You're like some part of <laughs> Yeah. Wow, some kind of Mormon cult. Oh, my sister daughter. <laughs> yep. So uh, Theoden's like, well, what now? So Gandalf's <laughs> like, well, let's head to Helm's Deep. And someone blows a kazoo. And Xerox people ride all over the place. Yeah, Theoden literally says, well, there's not much direction for the plot now, huh? And then, mm -hmm. yeah, that's when Gandalf's like, I guess we should have a battle at Helm's Deep for the finale, yeah. I guess? So Gandalf let's go to looks Helm's at, Deep for no reason. Gandalf looks at his watch and is like, well, <clears throat> time for me to be heading that old dusty trail. <laughs> Look for me on Helm's Deep this Sunday at 8 p.m. And every Sunday after that and Thursdays is on for the matinee. And then he it's... rides off. He's gone. Later, he losers. Rides, it doesn't explain what he's doing. He just no. like, cuts to a scene. And he's, he takes a bunch of the riders of Rohan, and he runs away. It's not explained to why they're, what the, what Helm's Deep is, why anyone needs to go there, where Gandalf is going. It's just the movie... The movie's been shitty up to this point, and this, this is the point when the movie where everything... That story just completely flies off the rails. Like, the wheels pop off, and, like, things are legitimately happening for no reason now. Yeah. Yeah. Theoden looks like a dwarf now. He asks Aragorn, Aragorn, <laughs> is there any hope? And Aragorn just turns and rides away without answering him. Cool Which look, I'm Aragorn. Is supposed nice to be job. Doom and not like they forgot to write like a reply for him, but like who knows? In this movie, it's hard to tell what's a bug and what's a feature. In yeah. some swamps, Sam and Frodo wake up, and Sam slaps himself in the face, complaining Gollum's gone. But Gollum comes back with a fish, and on they go, following this mistake of a. Deviant art page trying to draw a zombie for the first time. Yeah. They see some rat some wraths on rings. Wraiths on rings. So they run out into the open, lay down on the ground. Then that scene ends. It's one of the few times you get to see an end another hand-drawn animated thing. Because you can't fly there's no you can't rotoscope Xerox flying dragon, so it's an mm. actual like hand-drawn ring wraith on top of a flying dragon mm -hmm. so this is the one time the movie actually looks like the way it should have looked and not just like a fucking xerox nightmare and then they yeah they kind of run away they keep walking frodo being all tired golem's like hey i'll take the ring for you but Frodo tells you hey fuck you i'll fuck you up and i'll fuck you up good I so golem like says he's sorry and kisses frodo's feet gross even Frodo, uh -huh. who's used to Sam kissing his feet, is like, ew. Yeah, he actually, like, wipes his foot off, and he's all like, yeah. oh, no, I don't want this blowjob juice on my toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Later, Golem's arguing with himself right next to their sleeping bodies of the hobbits. <laughs> hey, man, they can Which, hear you. Also, again, this totally blows that memorable scene that Peter Jackson did of Gollum talking to himself in the lake. 
No, instead it's just Gollum talking to himself for two seconds. Yeah. Yes, Ralph actually surely could have done a better job with this Lord of the Rings story if he had the same resources as Peter Jackson did. Yes, I'm sure, Ralph Bakshi, I'm sure. Yes, mm. go back to sleep. Here's a juice cup. Shut the fuck up and go to bed, <laughs> old man. Sam asks him yeah. where he's been sneaking off to, which makes Gollum freak out and is like, I, I've been just, I've been scoping shit out for you, boy. Sure, sneaking. I'm just sneaking. I have yeah, not okay. been talking to Shelob. What? Who, who mentioned Shelob's name? I didn't even say Shelob, yeah. did I? Then yeah. that scene ends. In Helm's Deep, Gimli says, Hey, this place is good. It's got good rock. Lance has tough bones. Because he's a dwarf, see? See, because like, that, and, and that's his last contribution to the whole story. It's just yeah. like, yeah, good bones here, yeah. Yeah, lightning, thunder, wolves, live action, red sky mixed with painted backgrounds, Xerox men mixed with cartoon men. It's all tits up and health giggledy-piggledy over here. Man, Ralph actually had to rent all three Xerox machines in three counties hey. in order to produce this scene. Hey, Bill. Yeah. How did you travel back in time with your slide whistle to make this horn... <laughs> This very scary horn that the that they blow to signal the war starting. I yeah. This is I the just, least intimidating war horn I've ever heard. Well, Doc Brown showed up, and uh-huh. then he got, jumped out of the door and had a heart attack and died. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's terrible. I loved I loved Christopher Lloyd, but now he's dead. But then I was like, what can I do with the time machine? And I was like. You know what? <laughs> Fuck Ralph Bakshi. I'm going to go back in time. I went back in the house, grabbed the slide whistle, and said, I'm going to particularly fuck over Ralph Bakshi's closest thing to a good movie he's ever made. And then, yeah. That'd be oh, great if the, the, sitting in the DeLorean when he's talking about what time you want to travel to, and he's like, or go back to Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> we can go meet Snoopy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, well, all, I, all it took was I went to Ralph Bakshi's animation studio, which was just like a fucking his own garage and i just like t- took the slide whistle taped it up to the wall and said horn of gondor on it just wrote it in sharpie and i guess he fell for it so yeah yeah so i hate this this is just <sighs> and the terrible thing is there's a lot of work put into this even yeah. if it's just a lot of xeroxing yeah. like but it's yeah. just the, the, the fighting is just not it's not good action it's just... oh they look like the fucking boogeyman from babes in toyland xerox it is just a reference everybody can get behind so live action arrows are shot a (laughs) random man is attacked by a cartoon dog where was he shouldn't he have been in helm's deep the Uh, orcs shoot uh their arrows back and the humans are like should we get behind this cover that's right next to us that is human sized no we'll just stand here and get peppered with arrows and like there's no shape or story to this fight it's just a bunch of dudes show up and it's just a bunch of random action of just people shooting and stabbing each other. There's no stakes. There's no evolution to the fight. Nothing that we have to go here or stop these guys from doing this. It's just the orcs, mindless nonsense. The orcs put up ladders and breach Helm's Deep. Well, that was sure hard to do. Yep. Xeroxing and rotoscoping happens all over, even in the same scene sometimes. It's madness. It's terribly well, done. I can't believe somebody saw it and said, yes, this will do it- nicely. And then I guess Isengard, which is like next door to Helm's Deep, starts shooting like fucking MTV music commercial fireworks at yeah. Helm's Deep too. If you which miss, I don't a, know what the it, fuck I, that is. A friend, foe, fire from Isengard. Okay, presumably it's Aramon slash Saruman just fucking lighting bottle rockets into Helm's Deep just to fuck with people. But we never get like we don't know. It's never showed. It's just a random thing that happens. So the gates yeah. get breached, and they all run into the caves through one little man-sized door. <laughs> it's tight. Yeah, it's it's like the back of the Castle Grayskull playset. 
Yeah. Who saw these footage of these close-ups of these raggedy-ass orcs and said, yeah, that's acceptable? That's good. You know, I'm honestly shocked with Ralph Bakshi being like, oh, he loves to put blackface and shit. I am honestly shocked the orcs aren't just like black caricatures. You know or, what like, I am impressed with, gorilla masks. I'm impressed these masks managed to survive all the way till they were used in Troll 2. Because <laughs> it is just Halloween mask. It is just like... Not even, like, makeup, they're just loose-fitting. You can see soldiers, like, fixing their masks because they're Big about to sli fucking slide teeth, off. And just, just all it over. is just dumb. It is just Could have used it as a starting point and, like, actually animated over it, but no. No, they could have done anything. They could have done anything other than just highlight their fangs and eyes. But no, because it's Ralph Bakshi, why go the extra way when you could just I make it look like shit? I can't remember who it was or what interview it was, but I heard an interview talking about, oh, that, well, you know, the power of animation is you can do anything in it. And somebody needs to do that, but find that interview, whoever it was, and yeah. then talking about the power of animation and how you can do anything and overlay it over the top of this shit. Just as an ironic, like, what yeah. happens if you pointedly go out of your way and not do anything? Yeah. Interesting. I saw, I looked up the trailer, too, for this movie, because I was looking up, you know, I was going to rip the audio for the, the podcast today, mm -hmm. and I guess they got Orson Welles to narrate the trailer, because I guess it's pretty much the same time he was also narrating the Star Trek, the motion picture trailer, like, but it's like... I will do anything for a sandwich. <laughs> it's, it's, that's whole, and it's funny, because it's probably the same era of when he was doing the Frozen Peace thing, too. It's drunk on wine. But he's like, <laughs> Fine, like it's wine. a repeated thing in the trailer where it's Orson Welles saying, Beyond Imagination. And, like, watching the movie, it's like, no, pointedly not beyond any imagination. It's Beyond totally community just... theater. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what if you just traced community theater for two hours? <laughs> oh, God, yeah, so fucking, what happens next? So everybody We're runs at the end in of the, the movie. Cave. There's only, like, five minutes left, yeah. Aragorn and Legolas are the last ones in, and I'm glad that's over. And Theoden's in there, and he's like, eh, fuck this noise. I'm not going out like some punk-ass bitch in a cave. Yeah, you want to fuck those fools up in the morning? We might get a song out of it. And Aragorn's like, hells yeah. So elsewhere, Frodo's like, hey, we're almost there, Sam. Just a little longer. I want to get there. This ring is so heavy. Oh, my gosh, it's so heavy. And he, like, puts his head in his hands. And so Sam, like, pats his legs and gets up and is like, well, ah, whistles and wanders away, trying to avoid the conversation, like, acting like it got all awkward. What reaction is that? Why isn't he comforting Frodo? What, what it was he knows. What he is knows. this? He knows the only thing that Frodo's going to make him feel any better is a blowjob. And he yeah. doesn't want to come oh, out and nobody say it. Wants, especially with even Gollum Frodo watching. is like, I don't want my dick anywhere near that mouth. No, well, that's the terrible thing, is that, like, Frodo actually kind of, like, those two big hippo teeth that Sam has actually kind of makes it feel good. Because oh, it's, no. like, big fat dick sliding between the goalposts at, at the Super Bowl. It's... <laughs> but, yeah, I did it just randomly. And then Sam says something about, like, oh, we only have enough food to get... We don't have enough food to get home. And then, like, Frodo does this thing, which is a nice conversation from the book where he's all, like, oh, the fact that, like, you're even thinking about, like... Because, actually, Frodo's just always assumed this is going to be a one-way trip. And he's like, oh, man, the fact that you even think we're, we're going to get out of this to even have to worry about food on the way home is just like... Yeah. Yeah, Sam, I love you so much, but yeah. Gollum tells him they gotta follow him. He knows the secret way up. Up some black stairs. They gots to follow good, good Smeagol. Oh, we gotta... F and, like, Smeagol says something about we gotta go see her. Yeah. And that's the last you see of the Hobbits for the rest of the yep. movie. 
and they yeah. follow him. Sam's like, straight stair, winding stair, what comes after that? And Golem says, we shall see. Oh, yes, we shall see. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We got you. Fucking, yeah. we'll, like, fucking Mac and me will be back. Yeah. Sure, yeah. God. Yeah. I can't, so would Shelob have been a dude in, like, a spider costume? Because it's not like they would have drawn, like, would it would have been just, like, live-action stock footage of a spider that they would have blown up? Just, like, I can't imagine what Shelob, like, oh, my God. It would have just been a lady with huge tits. No, no, no. Bad oh, you know people. what? Actually, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... And it would have just been Gladriel with bigger tits. That's all yeah. it would have been. Back to Helm's Deep with these troll two masks. And the next day, some of those super lame horns get blown. And the orcs are like, huh? What is this? What's it go? What's it? Hey, Larry, what's going on? Hey, I don't know. There's horns. Horn oh, no. It's horns. Horn. And they run away. But and then and then I guess all the dudes come out of the cave. Mm -hmm. So there's more fighting between the humans and the orcs. Yep. And it's just like, there's no, sh again, there's no shape to the story. It's like, what? It's just random happenings. Yeah. Yep. And, and God, then ride out and the they have their moment. Humans ride around hacking and chopping. Much excitement. So much drama. Next stop, the big this... high school play. You think this is the big, because it looks like it's a route because you see the humans are fucking up the orcs. Yeah. But then no, suddenly the humans get surrounded by the orcs after all. Mm-hmm. And... I was Everybody I was like, stands around for a while, and some yeah. sweeping romantic music starts up. It legitimately is everyone just sits around standing like, it's like, okay, well, what's happening now? Oh, well, and then, and then it cuts to, like, there's, like, three minutes of just still images of the orcs with, like, really clumsily drawn, like, animated, like, one or two, like, pikes that are wobbling back and forth just to create some kind of motion mm -hmm. in these, like, still photos. Yep. Xerox still photos, and then suddenly, like, oh yep. god, they're I'm surrounded. It now. So there's only one thing to do. Theoden goes, Gandalf. That's what Gandalf! And he yells out the name Gandalf. And suddenly Gandalf's and... there with the Riders of Rohan. And and he just why didn't you like shout H... his name earlier, you idiot? God, could you imagine if an actual dragon showed up in this? Well, I guess yeah. no. I, was, I guess I guess the Ring Wraith is. Cause I'm thinking, oh, this stuff looks like a fucking McDonald Land H and R Puffin stuff. All these orcs and everything. It's so, and, but like, like yeah, the fucking so the big the the whole storytelling climax of your movie is you got to be pulling up stakes and trying to make it make Gandalf's entrance into the end of the movie as exciting and as emotionally punch punchy as possible. And instead, it's the most milk toast random shit just happening for five minutes. Someone yells Gandalf's name, and suddenly he's just magically there. Yep. And he and swings even... he swings his sword around and he says, You guys are gonna animate in some enemies for me to hit here, right? And they're like, Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, we're gonna totally do that, Gandalf. Yeah. And it's This is where Ralph Bastion was like, I gotta have some slow I gotta have some slow motion blood in my movie. <laughs> yeah. And, so just... and then blood and diarrhea spill out their backs in slow motion, and then a voiceover says, The forces of darkness were driven forever from the face of Middle-earth by the valiant friends of Frodo. As their gallant battle ended, so too did the first great tale of the Lord of the Rings. Gandalf throws his sword in the air like it's a graduation cap, and it ends with the Xerox men riding towards the camera. Hoo-hoo-hoo! So, I'm assuming... Did they know that this was not going to get a sequel when they recorded that voiceover thing? No, that's a, that's actually kinda... the voiceover uh, that they added in the '80s when they oh really to like the VHS and DVD. Yeah, the original okay, one was to be continued in part two of the Lord of the Rings. 
Because the because the way it makes it sound, because like it does say like, hey, this is the final victory over badness. Yeah. And okay, I was gonna say because it seems a little like in hindsight, like yeah, they had some. Okay. They, that's why. That's why they also added that sound of Gandalf shitting his pants on the back of the horse. <laughs> the wet, loud, it's sloppy. Welching, just yeah. God, this is terrible. He and, said, "I guess I'm Gandalf the Brown now," and he winks at the camera. Then Radagast is like, but that was my name, because I shit my pants too. Alright, I gotta take a leak, so you rant yeah, about you how much ahead. you hate I don't this. even know what to stump, like, what to, what the, oh my god. You'll figure Thank something out. No, you take fast pee, so it's not the end of the world, but like, yeah, no, that is, it is, it is something that like, it's definitely, it's a terrible movie, but it's funny to think that a Grof Bakshi's quote-unquote best movie is still a giant piece of shit. Like, incomprehensible piece of shit and it's only the only good parts oh it's funny some of the animators were joe and phil roman which i'm assuming were the founders of film roman which were they the first studio that the simpsons were animated by um but oof dude yeah no this is yeah the only good parts of this movie are the parts that like it's tolkien it's not balk bakshi and the fact that this motherfucker could claim that he could do any better than anyone else with the story when he fucked up his one chance, it's just egregious. It's fucking disgusting. Fuck Ralph Bakshi. He's a fucking hack. Anyway. <laughs> not, not, not really. Oh, uh, fuck. How are you guys doing listening home? What's your favorite Lord of the Rings stuff? What are you guys? Oh, yeah, how are you doing? How's your favorite? Now Lord I'm just of the talking Rings to the audience. Stuff. I'm just like fucking. I just went off. Just fuck Ralph Bakshi again. So. Yeah. Oh my god. But... This movie does hit different in an era where Lord of the Rings is like widely known and everybody knows the story now. It would have been more interesting to see this for the first time before Peter Jackson stuff had hit. Although to be fair, like I said, I'm not a huge Peter Jackson fan, and I don't think I've seen those Peter Jackson movies since like the extended cuts came out on dvd like 15 yeah. plus years ago this did make me but, want to watch it again because i was fondly remembering how much better the scenes were done in that well i was kind of surprised at how much the opening is kind of like the peter jackson opening of, of the fellowship of the ring where it is just like we're just gonna have 10 minutes of exposition but even then like yeah the peter jackson version has done so much better and yeah and i know i think it's an hbo max they went back and redid some of the special effects. They kind of, like, the version that's out now in 4K is supposed to be a little bit of a special edition. I saw, like, there's little bits, like, in some of the scenes where you can see that the Hobbit's feet are just, like, makeup. They, mm -hmm. they like, digitally erase the seams between, like, the rubber feet and the, and the actor's legs and stuff like that. But, but yeah, um, I kind of got burned out on Lord of the Rings because it was such a huge thing in the nerd community uh, 20 years ago. It's funny because yeah. I think that stuff came out. I think that we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of that shit. But, yeah. yeah. I like Lord of the Rings. I don't like this thing. I'd watch it you with know, people for the first time to show them and be like, look at this garbage. But Look at this garbo, yeah. Just just be like, hey, look how, look how badly someone could fuck up this story. And not just because it's 1978 or because they had a budget, but, like, yeah, all the unforced errors on top of that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, but... Yeah. 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 It, it is comforting to know that we'll probably never do another Ralph Bashke movie. I can't imagine what... I'm gonna, we gonna do one of his racist fucking, like, 
Yeah, we're gonna do Coonskin or Fritz the Cat or like. No, nah, sure as fuck not gonna do Cool World. You cannot pay me enough money to watch Cool World. I paid to see that shit. I'm no. still angry about it, and that's like 30 years ago. Oh, we were promised it was gonna be so sexy from all the advertisements oh, and stuff. Hollywood. Hollywood, if she could. Oh, fucking man. And that, I look, what's, who's, it's not fucking Brad Pitt, but the other guy. I actually really love that guy and everything yeah. I've seen him in, but he's so fucking the, the usual suspects, dude. Yeah. Who's technically the main character of that movie. I don't even know if he's in any of the trailers of that shit. He just gets turned into a superhero at the end? What the fuck is wrong with that movie? Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. He so... wrote back. I'm just even thinking of flashback about what those characters look like and how nasty the production design of that shit. It's so grotesque and just... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I... Man, I... I God. I keep Roger on Rabbit trying to think assholes. of something nice to say about Ralph Bashke, but... Why? He ah. doesn't deserve it. He's already gotten way much, so much more credit. Man. Oh, God. No, Bill, don't go off about Spain, Rodriguez. Have you, have you seen Fritz the Cat? I've seen clips. And I've like I said, I've seen, seen stuff at, like, like Spike and Mike's festival animation stuff that show clips and things like that. So I've seen bits and pieces. I've always heard... Uh, why? And everything else I've seen of Ralph Bakshi, there's absolutely no nothing that, like, makes me think, oh, I need to, like, maybe there's something, like, he's been presented wrongly, or maybe there's something more interesting. It's, there's no subtext, it's just he's fucking, he's a fucking hack who got by just by being counterculture back when, like, the counterculture first started, and, and like, like, there's nothing more I need to know. He's yeah. just a waste of space to my eyes, like, like, that's... Yeah, I'd rather keep on... I just started reading the X-Men for the first time. I'd rather keep... Rather than watch another Ralph Bakshi thing, I'd rather just keep on reading the X-Men. Um, which, technically, I should be turning that into a, into a Tardy to the Party project, but I don't mm -hmm. know if I could force-feed... For, I don't know if I could browbeat and you watch into making you... I don't even know what I would do. Like, there is giant X-Men number one, which is the first issue, which reboots the X-Men, and we could just talk about that for an episode sometime. I mean, it's only 68 pages of comic book. Mm -hmm. um, which is that's I'm in the middle of reading right now. It's actually kind of funny how they, they reinvent the X-Men in one issue. I always thought the X-Men turning into the X-Men that we know and love today was like a the slow process, but I guess no. Like in 1975, they were like, hey, what if we just turn the X-Men into something people like? So let's create like Wolverine and all these other characters. Hey! Yeah. yeah. What is it was, I'm scared to ask, but what terrible thing is I next think time? I think I... I think I know the two projects I'm doing this year, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna break. I'm gonna tradition because of you, everything as always. But yeah, uh, this year I'm gonna be doing two Disney produced projects. Retired of the party, my first one, I, which I mentioned last week. This is nothing. Oh. It's not gonna be that bad. But we're gonna be doing. Actually, it's not even. You could even argue it's not even actually a bad movie. It's just disappointing for what it was promised to be, and yeah. everyone involved. It should have been better. We're going to talk about, I think it's 2015's lukewarm kind of, not even a mega flop, but the, 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 the lukewarm turd that is Tomorrowland, directed by Brad I remember how much you were bitching on Twitter after you came out of the theater. <laughs> God, that is such a disappointing movie. You've seen it, right? No. Oh, really? Oh, that'll be fascinating, because I don't want to talk, because it's not that bad. It's just not that good. That's the problem. Yeah. Rod. <laughs> I was watching a little bit of it last night just to see if I really wanted to commit to that. And I forgot. George Clooney spends an uncomfortable amount of that movie wanting to fuck a robot 12-year-old girl. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's a little like... But, yeah. It's 
But it's Brad Bird, so it can't totally be bad. It's just gonna be all special. Let, pe let special people be special. That's fine. I, I will, yeah, I won't. <laughs> He'll have plenty to say, so I won't bother doing a blow by blow. I'll just watch it. Oh, it's whatever. We, like, do whatever you like. It's like, yeah, I already got my. I already. I, we could do. We could record that episode right now, and I can just tell you what happens. It starts off at the 1964's World's Fair. Mm. It looks really cool, but yeah, Tomorrowland. Okay. Watch. Uh, you'll turn. You'll actually like it, and we'll be like. It'll be like flip flop of uh, a Knight's Tale, where I'm like. Fuck that movie, and you're gonna be like, ah, I actually thought it was okay. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Who oh, knows? Who oh, knows? This time oh, it was control. the accident. The God, guys. fucking awful April. <laughs> this is every year, it's always just a. It's. Oh, it hits me like a truck every year. Yeah. God. Yeah. I oh. can't even. If you're well, a fan of Lord of the Rings, I'd say watch it with somebody so you can make I... fun of it. I am tempted to go back and reread the original book sometime. Yeah. Just especially because it's been so long enough that I've seen the original films that I think I could kind of read the books again mm -hmm. and and have a little more of a clear, you know, like it won't be totally like I won't be thinking about Peter Jackson the entire time. Um, yeah. But then again, man, fucking, I can't believe how Peter Jackson fucked things up with The Hobbit. That yeah. like, I think that's one of the things why I don't even like. I don't want to go back and watch Lord of the Rings because that Hobbit. Shit I wish somebody a bad would do taste a cut mouth. that cut out all of the stupid shit in that. Bro, with all, the Hobbit? all the elf shit that wasn't in the books, the romance shit. Someone you know. had to have done that, but that's not to say that cut cut is guaranteed to be any good too. That could be a terrible cut too, where it's like yeah. just ineptly put together. But yeah, if someone with talent went out there, I'm sure. So, like, hopefully, someone's made a good. Cut. Is it three movies of what they yeah. did in The Hobbit? The, the studio wanted another three. Oh so. my fuck. I cannot believe. Yeah, that is hubris Hollywood bullshit right there in a nutshell. Yeah. It was which, supposed to be Del Toro, but he would he couldn't do it. Which that would have been fascinating to see. Cause it was, which is funny, because I'm not like absolutely in love with everything else Del Toro has ever made, too. But it would have just been cool to see someone else's take on that version of that world, though. Yeah. But it's something that still would have been within canon of the Peter Jackson... Lord of the Rings, but still with someone else's twist on the material would have been cool, but... Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So... Not I talk guess, about it. Well, not talk about talk about, about something it. else. That, that was... Do you know what your your second project might be? Do you have any inkling? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That sounds bad. Do you, do you don't want to talk about it? Uh, I'll spring that's it on you. Know. I'll spring it on you next week. Okay, yeah. That, that's part of the fun of Awful April is... Watching us try to shiv each other in the back at the end of every episode about how we're going to strike back. Oh, I don't God. think there's any way you could strike back after this thing. That we're gonna oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's going to leave me dead? I think it's going to leave us both dead. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I'm, okay, now I'm intrigued. Okay, now I'm, now I'm looking forward to next week's episode just to hear what that is. I do not want any hints or anything. Yeah, no worries. Oh, okay. Ugh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, so he's Mustard on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. TargetPodcast.com. Share us around. Whatever. Like, comment, subscribe, review. I don't know. I don't care. Something, something, something. Yeah, as long as you listen to us. Whatever. Interact with us. Tell us about your Lord of the Rings history. I don't know. Yeah, hit us up. If you listen to the episode, let us know what you think about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Which Lord of the Rings movie is your favorite, I guess? Do you like <laughs> Return of the King? Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of what's a good way to end a Lord of the Rings the podcast on. What's a quote? I know there's like, if you take one step of and you walk out the door, it goes away forever. 
<laughs> That's the famous quote from Lord of the Rings. Just put some of that. Hey, should we watch the Return of the King? Why not? I mean, we're I mean, it's done... Rankin Bass, so it's basically like watching. Um... I was about to say I want to do Hobbit someday, even though I've already seen it. But uh, like, yeah, and it's like maybe watching we'll do the Hobbit. Uh... Last Unicorn, because it's that same animation style. Oh, exactly, yeah. And it might be... Maybe we'll do a thing where we do, like, Hobbit... We'll do a Hobbit Disney Plus, and then we'll do Return of the King. Mm. And, like, in the, like that'll be, like, a little bit of a Rankin Bass... Uh... A Tolkien sandwich special. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, I'd be totally down with that. Yeah. And it'll be nice to see the... <sighs> At least Rankin Bass never came out and started complaining about re when Return of the King came out. They weren't like, oh, he, Peter Jackson ripped us off, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, this is it. Just like the Return of the King, this this podcast has four different endings. Yeah. Enjoy um, our, I'll give it 90% Ralph ba last Ralph Batchkey project. I can't imagine. Unless we do like a short. Like, if you piss me off real bad sometimes. <laughs> He did just do a Kickstarter thing that I watched half of last night to confirm this episode, and that was terrible, too. And that's only 15 minutes long, and I couldn't even make it to the 15 minutes of that. Yeah. God, I hate, he just draws like shit, and he animates badly, and, and so has many no people fucking... defend him and love him. I, I th it's generally wild. think it's because that, that was like the, there were so limited options for the counterculture that people just like the same people like fucking Andy Warhol and shit because like there's limited options for shit now yeah and now the internet makes all that shit look fucking like child's play now it's fucking hilariously inept all that shit is and so is the way of me speaking I speak like Gollum mm. this is the part where I bite your finger off when I fall into fire yeah and I'm your Sam right I'm not the Frodo right uh I so... can't carry you though oh no oh no Say. That's not gonna work out. Okay. <laughs> this is the part where we go home and we find out that our house, after we record the podcast, both of our houses, houses have been uh, taken over by Saruman the White. Mm hmm. And then, then this green with a warm tongue stabs in the back on our front step of our house, and we're like, oh man, this totally is a metaphor for World War One. Oh, yeah. I tell you. Keep filling your holes with water, you're out. Adios, we're gonna disappear like a wizard. <laughs> Oh, my God.